like, I was like really excited. The conversations with coffee. I do too. Yeah. It doesn't. I'm always creamer though. Creamer two sugars. So oh yeah. I'm a. Black coffee? You don't do coffee. Do you? Black only. Black only? So not a cowboy. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like, like I said the other one, I want to be able to filter it through my teeth. Oh. Black. Just, just thick. black. Yeah. yeah. Chewy. Yeah. Chewy yeah. coffee. A little chewy. So what's your take on cappuccino? Half. I like it. Uh, espresso. Nope. I do it in travel. I like it at the airport. Do you? Yeah. Shot to the... I mean, I like an Americano. See? I mean, that's... It's got water in it, right? What do you think about cappuccino? It's not my favorite. It like is I said, that? no, I love it. I mean, I'll drink one, but it's not my favorite. I like half coffee, half cappuccino. Yeah. What Ca- is cappuccino? I don't even know what that is. Good, good damn question. Good coffee and it's usually milk. the second button in on that fancy machine in the it's the far left, the far left at the holiday inn. That sounds like something you drink when you're like 12 years old <laughs> and you're like trying to dabble into the yeah. coffee game. It's kind of like when my wife wants me to drink wine. Like I feel bougie, but I don't know a damn thing about it. Yeah. Does it all taste the same to you? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't the terroir you don't be like this is coffee from Ethiopia and this oh, is Costa no. Rican. You do though, huh? I can no. tell. Come on now. Too. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> they have Try. some they have some pretty good coffee shops in Los Angeles. They do. Yeah, yeah. But how how embarrassing is it when you watch a guy order coffee and he like calls the temperature out? You ever stood behind somebody at a coffee bad. shop? That's a real thing. Does that happen? Yeah, I've seen that, like, and I thought it was a joke. You guys do live in Los Angeles, it's so that's, embarrassing. that's it's embarrassing. Wrong. A well, cappuccino is an espresso based coffee drink with steamed milk. Boom. Sounds there delicious. I just yeah. go straight as so it's, it's not black. So Look at that. It. You can put cinnamon on it too. Cinnamon is a good call on coffee. That's it's good for you. That's a good one. It's like anti-inflammatory or something like that. <laughs> no, milk. I read that. That's a good lead-in. You said Los Angeles, right? Yeah. So we have we have uh, maybe we should do introductions. We should. We got Tim Hoffer. Mm-hmm. Does that get your last name right? Yeah, Hoffer, Hofer. Hoffer, Hofer. Yeah, yeah I'll respond Which to one both. do you prefer? Technically, it's Hofer, but it's spelled German? to look like Hoffer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would have never guessed. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no, not at all. I look very it's coming you know. from a guy named Kreitzer. So yeah, that's true. Game recognized game. Sprechen Sie Deutsch. Yeah. So we got Tim Tim Hofer, mm-hmm. and we got Jared Bernstein. 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 Since mm-hmm. we're on that train, we might as well just keep it going. Like the Berns, Bernstein Bears. <laughs> just like it. Like oh. the books. Just yeah. like them. But unfortunately, no relation. I might not be. Sitting here, yeah. So. Yeah, those are my favorite books as a kid. Yeah, yeah, I liked. Them. Well, I, I've told many people in middle school that, that was our family legacy, and then they asked why we were so poor. So. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't get the publishing That's, rights. For didn't that. get the uh, no royalties at all. That's unfortunately. You guys ready to talk for a couple hours? You just spent what? How many hours? Two hours in sales meetings? Oh, yeah, we talked. Yeah, crunching numbers. Numbers. So what's another two hours chit chatting? Right? This will be a lot more fun. stuff. Yeah, we have the fun conversation now. Yeah, I like these. Yeah. So you guys are from Mystery Ranch. Yep. Both of you. Give us a quick rundown on on who you are, what you do. Go for it. Sure. So uh, uh, Derek Bernstein and I own Bernstein Outdoor Sales. We're a manufacturer rep agency, and we represent uh, not only Mystery Ranch, but Vortex Optics and Daniel Defense in the desert southwest, so that Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada area. Whoa. Nevada. Whoa. Please say it right. Nevada. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's near Colorado. How do you say it? <laughs> Nevada. Nevada. That's how you know that's if somebody's the, not from that's here. That's the New Jersey and me coming out. That's, that's the water, water conversation. Are you born and raised in Jersey? I try not to tell people that, but I guess we just told a whole lot you're, of people. I never knew that about you. I, didn't I try not to tell yeah, people. Never that's knew that. I've known you for a long time. <laughs> yeah. New Jersey. Yeah. How'd you but know? I'm proud that you didn't figure that out. Yeah. So that means I'm <laughs> living life correctly. Yeah. It took Nevada to bring it out of you. Yeah. How'd you end up out here? You live in Arizona, right? 
I do. Yeah, so I'm in Flagstaff. Okay. Um, chased a girl out here after the Marine Corps. Married her. Still married to her 11 years later, so not the worst decision I ever made, thankfully. And, uh, and then uh, been in Arizona that whole time, so coming up on 13 years. What part of Arizona are you live? Flagstaff. There you go. Yeah, I was down in that Phoenix area for 11 of those years, and the, that heat just boiled our brains, and we had to get to the altitude. So thankful to be above 7,000 feet now. Do you like living in Flagstaff? I do. Seems like a cool town. It is, yeah. It's, it's uh, pretty diverse, to say the least, is the most respectful way I can say it. So. What do you mean by that? Uh, the, the, let's get disrespectful. The <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we're getting disrespectful, there's a line. There's there's the hippies at the college, and there's the killers, the rest of us that have jobs and work for a living, and, and half the town gets along and half the town doesn't. Hmm. So I it's pretty good. There we go. Flagstaff yeah. There we go. I, I knew it was a pretty heavy college town. I had a couple buddies that went there from my from high school friends that went there, so I knew it was kind of a hippie college town. You guys sure. are the, what, Lumberjacks? What, what, what is the, your mascot there in college? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and they, 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 they use the Lumberjacks. Lumberjacks, yep. yeah. Lumberjacks. Yep. Yeah, I think they play Southern Utah University. So every once in a while when I go to a game, we might play the Lumberjacks. There you go. <laughs> there you go. No, there it, you it's go. a phenomenal town. You know, the town's at 6,400, and it's, it's one way or the other. You got people that either have never shot a gun before in their life or are absolutely hardcore in, in the hunting and, and shooting sports, so it's pretty cool. It's kind of funny that the school mascot is a lumberjack when a bunch of woke-ass 18-year-olds are going to school there. <laughs> yeah, we, we were on our way to, to buy that house or go to the open house a couple years ago. We had to, like, we had to stop for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes because there was a big giant protest in the middle of the road, you know, just to get out to – and they were – it was all about all that crazy stuff that these Man, kids are all, all about worried about these days. I didn't either. I mean, you got giant ponderosa pines. I guess that's the, the lumberjack, huh? Yeah. They still – they still – hauling timber out of there oh yeah are they really yeah i mean the mountain that i back our property backs national and they're they're logging right behind us is that seven <laughs> east uh i'm on the seven east border of 11 11 m and seven east what's the wilderness area up there remind me kendrick yeah mm-hmm. you see <laughs> yeah. it from a front porch yeah oh that's Dang, cool that's pretty good yeah you know we love it give us uh give us your rundown on how you're involved you said you rep mystery ranch you're you're our, our rep right i am for nevada Please, please. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and Arizona. Did I yep. pronounce that right? Yeah, and you've been. How long have you been working with us? I'm trying to remember when we first. Five years, probably, something like yeah. that, probably. Yeah, it's been a while. Say. It could be. This could be six. I guess it could have been 2017. I guess we. Tail end of 17, beginning of 18. Were you yeah. the only rep we've had from Mr. Ranch? Like and when we yeah. first went live with the store, mm-hmm. you've been here yep. the whole time. You're an OG, OG. Yep. I guess. <laughs> and, didn't, and didn't get fired in this last sales meeting. So you that made was good. it. There nope. we go. We'll see what next made year brings. <laughs> still time. Still the, there's still the drive home. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, Tim's still the boss. So keep saying nice things, Trump. <laughs> He's doing good work. Good work. Yeah. yeah. Give us a rundown, Tim. Uh, yeah. Tim Hofer or Hoffer, whatever you want. It depends Hofer. what my fake passport says. And um, I grew up in central Montana and went to Bozeman for college and like a lot of people, you just get sucked into the mountains and fishing and hunting, skiing everywhere, and it's easy to do, and I never left. So same kind of thing. Been in the outdoor industry for a while, worked at Sims Fishing Products before Mystery Ranch, and um, like hunting more than fishing. So when that opened up, jumped, jumped ship and been at Mystery Ranch for just over six years. So What's your job title? Uh, hunting sales manager. The, yep. The, yeah, you're over the entire hunt Yep, in North America. North America. Yep, so handle that uh, side of the business. And, yeah, we've got four different kind of diverse groups, you know, under Mr. Ranch's umbrella of outdoor, hunt, uh, military, and fire. And, yeah, super diverse and 
Yeah. Awesome. Did you so start far. your position at Mystery Ranch? I did. Yep. Yeah, I got right, hired right on. In, right at the top. Right at the top. <laughs> <laughs> Huge mistake. Huge Boss. <laughs> That's right. I, yeah. I got a few El Jefes above me, but uh, um, yeah, it's been a really good ride so far. Are you from, where are you from? Where I grew you up in Lewistown, Montana, oh, nice. right oh. in central, near the breaks. So I, got, I was lucky enough to hunt the breaks before everybody knew about the breaks. So. Yeah, let's just stop talking about it right now. <laughs> Cut that whole yep. section right there. It's let's not very good hunting. about hunting the breaks. <laughs> no, no animals there. There's not. You can't draw a tag and it's too hot and everybody drags their campers there. So. Yep. Did you, you grew up hunting there? Mm-hmm. Both of you? You? No. You didn't? No. Nope. Not from New Jersey? Nope. I went on my first hunt post-Marine Corps. Wow, that's sweet. Out. Yeah, my grandfather killed one deer, had it hanging in the basement. None of us knew a thing about it. No one in the family hunted. I, only, I honestly got into hunting and archery hunting because of all the cool folks I met when I got into the industry versus being on the tactical side and doing the Marine Corps thing and the private security thing. And it's just a, it's a dick measuring contest on that side of the game. And, and it was just kind of a turn off. And everybody over on this side was so cool. I was like, well, fuck it, let's buy a bow and give it a sure shot. Are you sure you're talking about the, you got those flips, I think. <laughs> <laughs> <You're right. laughs> How deep are you into this industry? You don't spend, <laughs> you don't yeah, spend time maybe, in black gun maybe shops. Maybe by then. year 12, you'll get <laughs> you know? the full breadth of it. Hey, go spend some time in some black gun shops and you'll, you'll understand where I'm coming from. Uh, it's a pretty easy transition. Everybody's Chris Kyle in those, in those places. <laughs> so from the military to hunting, I mean, I would assume that's probably a pretty... I mean, the military teaches you to love pain and suffering. There's a little bit of that in hunting, right? Yeah. There's a little bit of disappointment. Um, mm-hmm. There's a little bit of only being able to shoot the right species, right? So that's uh, Yeah. Did you miss that joke, Brady? I- <laughs> <laughs> you can't shoot women and children in war, Brady. Okay? You're not allowed. Okay. Okay. There are rules. There's rules. There are rules. Brady's like, what? You rules can't? <laughs> so it's, it's, honestly, it's just been refreshing. As yeah. much as, and I, and I know there's that side of our industry too, but that side is just way, way different and way mm-hmm. more, I don't know. So yeah, yeah, completely out of the military now? I am. How many years were you in? Just four. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Tim, you do much climbing, I know that. Yeah, not as much as I used to, but kind of growing up in Central Montana, I was pretty limited, then went to college in Bozeman, there's piles of climbing just, you know, in the back door. And, but it was like kind of the uh, learn as you go and hopefully find somebody who knows what the hell they're doing <laughs> method of that. There yeah. was not the luxury of like YouTube and climbing gyms. And so, yeah, it was fun. It was a great way to get out there. I mean, like places I climbed and still climb or places I, you know, hunt deer, places I've put in for, you know, mountain goats for years and years and years. Yeah. And that was the main reason one of the districts I put in for goat was because of where we went climbing a bunch. Really? Yeah, we'd backcountry ski in and, and uh, start poking around these cliffs and there's some mixed routes and ice routes and pretty soon I'm like, you know, pulling up off the top of a climb and I look over the ridge line, there's like six goats right there and I'm like, note to self, so. You like ice climbing, huh? I, I like ice climbing better than rock. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Does yeah. scare the hell out of you? Um, at first it did, but it's... It scares the hell out of me. You should try you it. Know? I want to try you guys, it. I, yeah, I'm not strong enough. I haven't you, done it yet. Here's we're we're going to you know, get out you know, of Nevada you know for a day. You know a climber because you just look at him and he looks like a climber. No. You, well, you, you are the climber. I'm, I'm a, not. I'm a, morbid, I'm a, I'm I'm a semi-obese climber. That <laughs> have you seen these dudes who climb a lot? They're like very strong, very lean. So... Yeah, climbers just got this body type that must build up over time. But you, Dom, Marquette. Dom, Dom, yeah. shout out, Dom. Dom used Dude. to work here. Same thing. You look at that guy, you're like, that guy's a like climber. Fifty like pull-ups. Yeah. yeah, just like finger strength. One arm, yeah. fifty pull-ups, like fingertips. He would practice yeah. in the office, just fingertip pull-ups. Yeah, on the door jams. Yeah, we're gonna have Tim do some fingertip pull-ups here. <sighs> you're after. gonna call nine one one. Be a freaking ambulance out front. Yeah, 
but yeah. it's been good. It's a good place to do it. Yeah. I highly recommend do a little combo, bring you guys up. So I'm just jumping in. You guys can. I'm, Brady will accuse me always. I ask too many questions. So if I love you, it. Okay. It was good. It was like. If, if was you like, guys, if you got questions, Brady, jump in. Just maybe like do the shush. You know? <laughs> yeah, okay. Shush. You should um, do that. How did Mr. Ranch end up in Bozeman? Is it starting Bozeman? Let's g- give us like a rundown of Mr. Yeah. Ranch. Yeah, I'll try to do the elevator uh, uh, speech version because it can get pretty long and crazy. But um, so Dana Gleason, he's been building packs for 40 years something like that now and he started back east he's a boston guy and was you know fixing packs helping people out on the appalachian trail fixing gear tweaking stuff had a sewing machine um thing didn't work actually we sent out a little video not that long ago kind of talks about some origin stuff it's pretty cool and um upgraded it and started just you know fixing packs and tweaking gear for people who needed repairs and um, one thing led to another and he built a few packs for himself and friends had a company called Clutterworks back in the yeah. 70s um, ended up kind of migrating out west ended up in montana eventually and if i'm not mistaken there was a little shop downtown in bozeman it was Clutterworks. Um, and then from there, that was pretty, you know, lifestyle kind of stuff, just, you know, smaller packs, you know, some ski and backpacking things. Next thing you know, morphs into Dana Design. And that was kind of like the preeminent, you know, backpacking, internal frame, big bag stuff um, in the 90s. <clears throat> that was really successful for a while. Um, kind of revolutionized that frame system. Um, from there, he kind of got semi-retired, sold the company, got out of it. And uh, I think got bored, you know, and was like, I got to do something else. <clears throat> and I think some of his kids asked him to build some packs, got involved and launched Mystery Ranch. And he was like, yeah, I'm not going to call it, you know, Bozeman Backpack Company. Something super obvious and stuff. So Mystery Ranch is like, uh, if I remember correctly, a radio show from like the 50s, like oh, sort no. of a like a mystery radio show huh. that he used to listen to. Yeah, I didn't know. I never knew the origin. Yeah, of the name. if I remember right. And so he <clears throat> latched onto that because I think he listened to it as a kid or when he was growing up and stuff. Huh. And uh, and so the name stuck, and <clears throat> here we are. So that's, that was in 2000. And then, like, the big push for Mystery Ranch was some Navy SEALs reached out for, like, kind of an idea on, um, like, hey, we want to, like, modify some packs that you have from the Dana days. Can you build us something? You know, OD uh, spray paint doesn't, you know, adhere very well to your red Cordura bags and, mm. you know, kind of do that. He's like, well instead of modifying something that already exists, what do you guys want? And that kind of like led the, you know, the charge on the military side of things. Hmm. And that's a big, you know, driver of what, um, where the hunting line originated from, frankly, was built off those military bags. Because we saw, you know, what's called the nice frame. And that kind of like kickstarted the, you know, the Metcalf and these bigger bags, Marshalls, et cetera. But they're really low. You know, they don't have much for load lift on the frame. And uh, the big reason is when you're lying, and you can attest to this, if you have a helmet on, lying prone, trying to shoot with a very tall pack, your head cannot uh, yeah, be it would get up. in the way. So <laughs> that is not a good idea for longevity of a soldier on the field. So um, the morph kind of in the hunting thing, and you guys don't know if you've ever seen it, but the Metcalf used to come, you could buy a kit called the, um, the lift kit. Mm-hmm. It's basically that vertical extension for yeah. the load lifter. And so that kind of like was this add-on thing, and it became evident that like, Hey, these military bags are getting a ton of, you know, interest on the hunting side because if you can pack out, you know, artillery rounds and gear, et cetera, mortar, base plates, whatever, you can pack out an elk. So fast forward a few years and it's like, hey, let's come out with an actual hunting pack. So it's a kind of of transition from like mountaineering, Mm -hmm. backpacking, backpacking, yep, 
military yep come from a request from seals you said yeah that was the original intent and we only deal with we don't do kind of like mainstream military it's only special forces so it's beret you know green berets it's parajumpers it's seals etc so gotcha wow i didn't know that Mm -hmm. if i remember correctly the the load lift for you guys that Mm -hmm. was directly based off of like the the mortar footprint right yeah to carry that yep Yep, exactly. Like that mortar base plate, because it's obviously if you ever backpacked or hunted or anything, the more weight you put further away from your back, just the center of gravity tips over. So the idea was separate the frame from the bag, be able to drop unruly, weird, crazy loads in between it, lash everything together, and away you go. So yeah, because that works thing weighs, well for hunting. Yeah, it works awesome because yeah. those things weigh you yeah, know north of eighty pounds. Awkward shape, dead, dead weight. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah, and then from there, obviously, it just you know. We got into outdoor stuff, backpacking, you know, climbing, skiing, et cetera, everyday carry. And then another component is the uh, wildland firefighting. So that's yeah. a big. Which uh, is going to be my next question is yeah. like, you see, you see a ton of, I don't know if it's influence, but you see a lot of, you know, wildland firefighters using mystery ranch packs, military mm-hmm. using packs. Is that, <clears throat> I mean, I mean, it, you've kind of explained it and laid it out to me, but essentially you started with military and then those guys, I assume, coming home and thinking, hey, I can go out and pack an elk out mm-hmm. with this and, and probably doing so. And then more demand on the hunting <laughs> side. Yeah. And then Wildland Fire, kind of the same thing, just followed suit. Did those guys come to you and say? Yeah, I'm trying there was a kind of like, a, in essence, a fire sales manager, you know, a handful of years back um, that was active. You know, he had his card and he was, you know, on crews, on lines, doing everything. And I think just seeing what was out there, which I think a lot of products, like really good products in the market are typically you know, result of how can we take something that either sucks or needs some tweaking and make it better. And a lot of those packs are very basic. They're like, you know, seatbelt style, yeah. you know, shoulder straps, <laughs> they carry horribly, they dig into your shoulders. And they're just like, um, really, really basically made. And so this idea was like, hey, take the same foundational support, you know, load lift, all these kind of things that help make a backpack carry well. Because arguably, you know, wildland firefighters are way harder on gear and get out there and do longer days than any of the other user groups, you know, that we have. It's nonstop. They have to keep their pack on for safety reasons. It's, you know, up and down steep slopes. It's hundred degree heat, smoky. It's, you know, poor sleep, et cetera. And so they beat the hell out of their gear. Um, and so, yeah, we just kind of, you know, utilized a lot of infield experience of like, what do you guys want? What makes it better? And you can see the differences, you know, narrower yokes, the way things are carried, taking all this feedback. And our current fire manager, Lucas, um, he's, you know, died in the wool firefighting guy. I mean, he's, you know, active on the, in the field, mm-hmm. goes to fires, does a whole nine yards. So it's really cool where you can take like real world experience and plug it into product like that. How much, <clears throat> how much of those two different factions of Mystery Ranch communicate and talk? The you, mission you, in the mountains. Yeah. Do, yeah. You, do you see technology or, you know, frame design or pack design bleeding in one from the other? Yeah. Yeah. The earliest example was the nice frame for the mill bags getting migrated <clears throat> over the hunt packs. But then if you take today's like guide light MT, you know, it's taller, it's skeletonized. The military bags are solid Cordura, right? Super beefy, way overbuilt. The guide light MT is more pared down. That has gone the other direction. So there's some military bags and frames that take influence from the guide light because oh, really? they need a lighter offering huh. and just they don't need quite as much build. So that you've seen both ways. Yeah. And we see it in textiles and stuff. I mean, like, you know, Dana's been 
you know, working with Cordura for four decades. So you kind of get, you know, the keys to the kingdom when you've had that long of a relationship, you know, with really unique textiles and coatings and you name it. So yeah, it goes both ways for sure. You know, we share um, technologies and yeah. stuff within the, in the building. Is Dana still involved in Mystery Ranch? Oh is yeah. This, really? Yeah. Yeah. He's, you still know, got an office. He's still, he still does. There? Yeah. Dana and Renee, I mean, they're, you know, that's, they're the foundation of what got the whole thing kickstarted. So you just wander down the corner office and <laughs> hang out with them if you want. <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're there. Oh uh, yeah. It's super cool. Do you call it the ranch? Is it? It's the ranch. Yeah. 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 I have wandered down the hall and went yeah. into Dana's office and it is, it's incredible. Yeah. He just is like, I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's papers on his desk from like Dana designs. Oh yeah. There's yeah. The there's. stack of papers and folders and magazines. Oh yeah. And shit on that guy's desk. <laughs> yep. There's like incredible. There it's is. unbelievable. It's there's, honestly unbelievable. Yeah. There's a lot of data. There's like probably like first draft of the constitution or something <laughs> lingering there. But yeah. I want to be surprised at the amount of paperwork on that guy's desk. Yeah. It's um, it, which is cool though too. Cause like to be a founder like that and yeah, to, I mean, it's all on his desk, like yep. literally from the start all the way through. Like, there's no file cabinets. There's no nothing. It mm -hmm. is on his desk. No, it's pretty real. <clears throat> yeah, there's not. It's uh, which is cool because you don't have to like. <laughs> I've worked at places where you're like, it's pretty hands off. You know, the higher up you get, it's like eh, you really can't just roll into their office and chat with them and stuff. So hmm. very different, very different hmm. for sure. Does the logo have any meaning? Yeah. I think the logo is pretty unique. I, you know what? I don't have a good backstory on that. Huh. The spinner of what that was. Is that what it's called? Yeah, just the MR spinner. MR spinner. Mm -hmm. Good yeah. spinner. What's that? The fidget, fidget spinner. <laughs> yes, it can be. Yes, yeah. It's kind of like that. You need some of those on your new packs. A, a Just fidget, fidget spinner. A fidget spinner. <laughs> Somebody can pop out pop. on their door. You're bored out of your mind. Time yeah. Just, spin that thing. just pull it right Put off. Put that your... in your notes. Plastic <laughs> <Put that>. toy. <laughs> <laughs> the Mystery Ranch fidget spinner. Write that down. Like you know it. what? Yeah, that actually is not a That's bad idea. That's a pretty good idea. Yeah. You logo it. I get some mm -hmm. credit. I need some kickback on that. I know. I was going to say, this is on. I can't like claim that. Trail's got some residuals coming. Why, uh, so from a hunting perspective, I mean, you're, you're primarily, you're, you're hunting, right? <clears throat> yep. Um, why do people, I'm curious, cause I, I think I was thinking back, my first mystery ranch pack I bought was, I bought it at the Western hunting expo. So I don't know how many, I would have, I think it was probably the early two thousands maybe. Mm -hmm. And it would have been uh, mystery ranch camelback combo. Yeah. Cause it says camelback on the pack. Yeah. And it was an in, internal frame pack. I remember that I hunted with it for a bunch of years. Um, and if I remember back on the reason that I bought that pack, it was just this grassroots. Everybody said, Mystery Ranch packs, you just can't wear them out. Like, mm -hmm. they're, they're super durable. So, like, to lead itself into that question is, like, why, why do people buy Mystery Ranch packs? I mean, we sell Mystery Ranch packs. We sell a shit ton of mm -hmm. Mystery Ranch packs. Uh, they're obviously super popular, but, like, why do people buy Mystery Ranch packs? Like, what do you build into your packs that a yeah. hunter would need it? That's, I mean, that's a good question. I think a lot of it has to do with, the heritage, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you look back four decades, I mean, Dana's been, you know, part of and building packs longer than a lot of people have been alive that are in the industry, <laughs> you know, if you mm -hmm. look at it. Yeah. And, and I think we have a bit of a secret sauce with those four components I mentioned, you know, where we, you know, under one roof, we have former special forces, we have active wildland firefighters, we have guys and gals who are just badass backcountry skiers, climbers, tons of people who hunt. So everybody can kind of come together and, you know, impart different feedback, you know, on the product side, sales side, um, whatever it might be. <clears throat> we also have in-house, you know, R and D the product development team. They mm -hmm. sit, they have a computer right here. They spin around, they're 
sewing machine is right behind him, right? We don't outsource design. It all happens in-house. So we get to like rapid prototype stuff, beat it up, tear it apart, try something different, sew another one. Um, and I think at the end of the day, it's like, we're not saying we're just hunters, we're just skiers, we're just, you know, military. It's like, we just are pack makers, that's it. And so you get to take all that influence and expertise and it's like, at the end of that's what we're gonna make. You know, we're not gonna make, you know, I don't think anytime soon, I don't, you know, boots all of a sudden or dog beds or anything like that. So it's like, we dog just that's a good one, make, though. you know, backpacks. I got a dog that like won a mystery ranch Memoir. dog bed. <laughs> I just I, bought one actually. Did you? Would, yeah. Yeah, I'll get you one. Is yes. it, <laughs> <laughs> do you have one? No, but we can make one, you know, it's like. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, they're one off. Zip off, wash mm -hmm. it, durable. Yep. Comes like with, comes with an overload. Out. Comes yep. with an overload <laughs> shelf. Yeah. That would crush actually. Straight Cordura. Dogs love Cordura. I'm gonna be so rich. You're two for two. <laughs> You're on one today. <laughs> that mustache. Yeah, I know. It is. I I grew that up. I told Tim earlier. Mm -hmm. I wore my mustache and Birkenstocks just so he'd feel at home. God, you. <laughs> you know, he's from Bozeman. I know. Wanted to feel like I'm completely out of his element. I didn't. So I landed in Nevada and I felt right <laughs> at home. It's Nevada. It's painful. <laughs> I know. Okay, it's cringy. It's Colorado. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's kind of the backstory. You guys only, I mean, you've mentioned you've got all these different factions of Mystery Ranch. You, got, you mm -hmm. make backpacks. I mean, how well does the outdoor rec crowd that works at Mystery Ranch gel with, like, the hunting crowd? Yeah. Is there? No, well, maybe it's a little different, I mean, in Montana because so many people have so many, you know, passions and sports and, yeah. and pastimes and things they like to do. So it's like, you know, springtime rolls around, people go from like spring turkey to bear it's like oh fishing season's here we're gonna go backpacking gotta go scouting then hunting season rolls in hunting season's done guess what the snow flies time to go skiing you know mm -hmm. time to go climbing rinse repeat rinse repeat like that so it gets along there's no like you know we don't Do a have lot of people it. hunt yeah you mean you mean yeah. at the ranch specifically yeah, though like yeah does and an outdoor product development get along with a hunting product no, development? I mean, <laughs> no i'm talking specifically oh, about yeah, mystery ranch. Ranch. Yeah. i mean if you guys look at yeah. your website and you oh, scroll yeah. down through mm -hmm. and you look at the different Characters oh, yeah. that work there. I mean, it looks like a super diverse group it's of people that work there. Way you diverse. Just tell by looking, yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of them got nose rings. And, oh yeah, I mean, yeah. It's and I think that's part of the you know a little bit of the secret <coughs> sauce too, right? It's not all one flavor. Yeah. You know, it's not mm -hmm. just a bunch of white dudes. You know, sitting around yeah. <laughs> talking about yeah. honey bags. You know, I mean, we do have the opportunity to like mix and match, and it's pretty cool too to see you know people you would not expect be like really into hunting or really into whatever. You're like, oh, I had no idea. Yeah. So I mean, we've got you know tom like on the repair i mean they completely renovated this van and it's like livable and they just like did everything themselves and they like never expected so super diverse you know you it's uh, pretty unique group. within our space if you think about it i mean there aren't yeah. many companies that are you know doing a bunch of different things for a, you know a bunch of different types yeah. of people and interests and recreations and yeah it's it's kind of a unique set of circumstances it's crazy yeah say. i mean we've got you know distributor in japan you know they've got a, we got a mystery ranch store yeah you big know, in japan right huge in japan i mean no this is not a joke dana goes there it's like full-on signing autographs time really yeah celebrity he has an action figure of himself in japan i'm not wow. joking it's like an eight inch dana design or dana gleason action figure and huh. so you go there it's like you are you're gonna wait in line while he signs autographs and stuff so he rolls into the store Dang, that's cool it's Rad. pretty cool 
So for whatever reason, like it just really took off in that design style and that look and the story and stuff. So there's a lot to do with how humble he is too, though. There's a lot of owners that, that don't do what he does. That you just sit there and shake your hand, ask you about your kids and then actually give a shit about what he's talking to you about. Not just fill in a room because he walked by you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, that's motivating to work for a guy like that. Is yeah. he hot? Is he hunting? No, huh. no he skied did. and climbed back in the day and stuff. Yeah. But uh, no hunting. Open uh-huh. to it though. Obviously. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you make an elk burger, he'll eat it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we crushed those bare meatballs with him. That's at, right, uh, yeah, at the last couple sales meetings ago. A couple ago. ago. Yeah. That was a long, that was actually quite a few ago. Yeah, 19 or something like that, 18. The other thing is I looked through you guys' website, I mean, if you, and I kind of already noted on it, but you have a bunch of different people that come from different backgrounds and have different skill sets. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, I mean, it looks like you employ everybody from architect, one of the guys handles or whatever it is his little things at architect mm-hmm. um I don't, is that like an actual architect is it like he's a, it's like the systems architect like okay. he's building all the like you know back yeah. end yeah got yeah. gotcha yeah but i mean you must draw off i mean do you, you said you do everything in-house essentially mm-hmm. right so i mean what's the breadth of what you guys have actually at mystery ranch you have designers sewers yep designers sewers CAD, um, laser cutters, you know, heat press, all the, you know, if you want to do all the raw material cutting, that kind of thing. Uh Um, You know, we have manufacturing overseas, you know, because it's just from a volume standpoint. But when it's developed or if it's a smaller project for a military group that needs 50 of something, those can get, you know, rapid protoed and then actually produce. So you build those in-house? Yeah, we do sometimes. Yeah, for certain projects. Yeah. Yeah. All your design and so if you so for example today we and we, maybe we just leak it a little bit we we looked at you guys' lineup for you know the the upcoming twenty twenty four yeah twenty twenty four which is so let's talk about exactly what it yeah is. <laughs> did you guys want to give any uh, you know let's just like just redact the entire <laughs> statement anything that you want to say there I think in it's going to be I think it's going to be a really uh, welcome uh, refreshing kind of uh, take on a, a tried and true let's put it that way okay yeah that's a good one yeah. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. <laughs> I was just gonna walk out. <laughs> oh, good to see you. That's a pretty hot take, I'd say. Yeah, give uh, it a shot. So w- when you develop the, you know, the the tried and true, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's a advancement or whatever you'd call it on on uh, your product line. Mm-hmm. Are those built in house first? Mm-hmm. Yep. Are those tested? Like yep. Do, yeah, it's like Alex Rich, you know, the designer, yeah. he, he will, like, somehow, I'm like, I can hardly, I sewed, like, a flat bag. That's the other thing when you get hired, you have to do um, sewing training as a new employee, regardless of who you are. Everybody? Everybody. Everyone knows? Everybody. Can you sew a backpack? No. No. I, I can <laughs> sew my hand into something, but I literally sewed a flat bag, like, this big, and it, like, holds, like, you know, like phone charger cable and stuff. I was so proud of it. Do you like, still use it? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's it's like, awesome. It's like multi-cam and yellow on one side or something. And I was really proud of it. And then other people are like totally cranking up full backpacks and I'm just like, yeah, that's pretty, <laughs> pretty humbling, but uh, I'm pretty proud of my flat bag. Um, but yeah, so everybody does sewing training. So yeah, we have all that in house, you know, as far as the ability to design proto, go back and, you know, test it, et cetera. Yeah. Sure. I can't, I feel like a complete dumbass right now. I can't remember the film title. Of when we, oh, yeah. when I went Bearing up there, the load. was that what was that what the it was load? called? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Of course, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> I absolutely remember. Uh, but when I was up there, that's what I was the most blown away by mm-hmm. is how you guys are set up in house, where like Alex Rich, which yeah. they have all their old frames, all their old bags, like every single thing that they've ever had, even back to like Dana Designs time. Oh, totally. Yeah. And he can go like peel off the shelf, take a piece from that, sew it, cut it into like 
uh, Marshall and mm -hmm. see if it'll work because it just everything's there. Yeah. He knows how to sew. He knows how to design. Yep. He does the CAD design, the whole thing, and it's like an hour, and he has a new, brand new total prototype backpack yeah it's crazy just to see if it would work it that's where i was the most blown away and like saw firsthand how you guys can come out with mm -hmm. stuff so quick and prototype stuff so quick yeah. that was incredible what yeah. do you get you guys have like 50 sewers on the floor oh yeah i don't right? know how many we have now so but there's so. a ton yeah and there's like they have like sewing there's like post sew you know after something like it kind of moves down the line so to speak mm -hmm. like what a waist belt looks like right you yeah. don't think much of it it's one of the hardest things to like construct turn inside out get the foam everything it's like they're really hard to build and we kind of take them for granted like cool it's a waist belt it's foam it's some webbing you know yeah. etc it's amazing to watch these guys and gals do this you know they just like crank through it bing bang boom and they get it you know fully built and you're like god was a pile of fabric an hour ago and oh, now yeah. it's a full thing. the we were in there and just showing me that everybody could sell i love the zoid bag that's like one of my favorite little accessory bags like carry it with me all the time like and my travel kit it's my my bathroom kit when i go hunting it's you know all my cords and watch charger and and in reach charger all that shit he's like what color do you want like, i love orange so he just makes me a zoid bright orange <laughs> bag he's like here you go holy shit all right you got a brand new zoid bag that quick it was pretty cool they all know how to do it it's yeah. it's awesome I wish I was way better. I don't spend enough time because yeah, you can you, go in on Saturdays and you can work on your see, own that's projects. That's what I was saying. Really? If you, if you, yeah. if you can start getting good at it, go in there and start you know, prototyping know. some of your own little things and test them out, it'd be pretty cool. I need to do that. Huh. <laughs> yeah, you can go in on Saturdays. And, and just build your own little stuff. Yep. Tinker yeah. with it. Yep, work on projects. Yeah, tweak stuff. Yeah. Don't you feel like that's such a lost... I mean, I, th I think it. about, yeah, I mean, well, just in general, like, you know, me, what can I, you know, I could kill an elk. Yeah. But like, but, uh, what can you build? What can yeah. You with yeah. Your I mean, just that kind of thing. What can you manufacture, build with your hands? Mm -hmm. I mean, what can you fix? It's just such a, I think about my kids. I got three boys. I mean, they, I'll just put them on blast right now. I mean, they can't build shit. Yeah, they're done. <laughs> and that's on me. They're, oh, I, I agree. I have an 11 year old son and he's like, it's like, I took him backpacking for the first time this weekend and it was like 11, you know, getting dark. He's like, um, when are we going back? And I'm like, see the tent? Like, we're not going anywhere, dude. Like, we are stuck, man. And so he was not digging it at first. So I'm like slowly trying yeah, to get him into it. Get him into it and the whole screen time argument and oh, all that. But yeah. yeah, it's a good point. I mean, it definitely is humbling because it's like, yeah, whoop do you do, spreadsheets, et cetera, crank through those things. But I can't build a backpack. I don't know, you know, or I bring an idea, I think that's so great. And Alex Rich or a designer, somebody would be like, nah, it doesn't work that way. You can't physically do this. And the zipper's not going to do that. <laughs> Isn't that the most deflating dumb. thing? Yeah. Like, you think you've hung the moon you're and like, you're Look at this. Like, I got yeah. the best idea in the world, Alex. Yeah. yeah. Politely, it's like, you're kind of dumb. And <laughs> that zipper's not going to do that. So try again. So, which is good. But yeah. And then just, you know, testing and, you know, monkeying around with stuff is, is super fun. How far out? So Alex Rich has an idea yeah. for pack. Mm -hmm. And then you want to put that pack into production and you're going to sell it. How many years out are you typically? Um, Just like how long are these in testing and development before somebody actually can log on to GoHunt.com yeah. and buy it? Well, like, for example, next week we will be doing like another round of our 2025 review. <laughs> so that's like not even fully oh. baked, like what's going to happen, but getting closer and closer. And like the long range plan goes till about 2027. So it's 18 months-ish, you know, give or take, depending upon the complexity. Yeah. Yeah, so 
you know, we've flat out told you guys we love the MR packs and the brand and everything, right? Mm-hmm. But one of our biggest frustrations with you guys has been when we gave you very good feedback, yep. right? Yeah, I think you guys would agree. Oh, yeah. It was in our old our office before this one in the mm-hmm. lobby. We basically tore down a lot of issues. <laughs> that was right? a fun day. But, was right, fun. but we gave you very I, valid. I sobbed on the way out the door. <laughs> very, I, we, I called Tim and said, Lorenzo just ate me. And then Brando ate me once Lorenzo was done. No face left. And then you guys got face smashed by Porter on the way out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, then sitting Porter with a pack was another circus. Yeah, it was a whole other circus, day. right? But day. we gave you guys very good feedback, right? Mm-hmm. This is, there's good news Phenomenal. in this too, by the way, that I'm going I'm to lead to. But <laughs> we gave you guys really good feedback. And I, I had been there on the mm-hmm. Bearing the Load film. Mm-hmm. And I had seen it. And it was so frustrating to hear we want to we want these changes it's an absolute perfect pack for us you guys were you know very interested in hearing our feedback Mm -hmm. maybe not as candid as we gave it back but that's the only way we that's the only way we know how to do it Mm -hmm. and you guys told us it was a year and a half out yeah and we couldn't believe it It was so frustrating yeah well now the good news is what you guys showed us for 2024 yeah is all of that feedback yeah but it's kind of a weird thing you guys can that do long. all that in-house. Yeah. You guys can make prototypes that fast. Yep. And then when it gets down to mass production, it, it really is a year and a half out. It's insane. <clears throat> yeah. And it, like, if you're not in the industry and before I was, you know, understanding the cadence of production, you know, testing stuff, like, is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? Which fabric? Which buckle? And then grayish, right? All the raw material. Then mm-hmm. you have to, you know, color it and cut it. I mean, everything. And then it's like, it, so much goes into every little piece and part. And that's the part I think that most people, and I still do it, you know, to this day kind of overlook like the life cycle and what it takes to go from concept to in your store. It is, it's a freaking journey. And we get down and, you know, these like halfway knockdown, uh, drag out battles on, you know, little things because a lot of thought and effort goes into this stuff, you know? And so you try to, you know, pay attention to the details and get it right. But how, how would you decide like a personal preference? Like if you're so dead set on this is the exact correct oh way to do it. And then someone else is like, no, this is actually the better thing. You have to mesh it together. To yeah. bring it to market. That's a fist fight. Yeah. That <laughs> is. That's where it probably gets kind of hard. When yeah. You have guys who are really certain ways and there's a fight club at the ranch. That's yes. right. It's like out back. Yeah. That's, that's, right. that's right. That's the third best idea of the day. <laughs> yeah. Spinner. Pitch fight that club. when you get home. Ask Dan if he wants a fight club at Mr. Ranch. He'd probably go for it. He'd yeah. Got, like empty, uh, empty room. I mean, that's a good question because it is, you can, uh, you get personally attached to something yeah. like, no, 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 this is the right way to do it. And honestly, for me, it's like, I have to try to bring in objective outside of, you know, context mm-hmm. of like, this is what I'm hearing from the market. This is what I'm hearing from other people. Um, I agree with it or disagree with it is how I try to do it. And sometimes it just turns into like, eh, I hate that color. I hate this. I hate that. Whatever it might be. We keep it pretty respectful because at the end of the day, it's like the design side of it is, you know, it's a ton of heavy lifting, right? They're doing all this work. And then if I come in as some jackass sales guy and say, I don't like that, it's not going to work. Are you the guy that gets the final say? No. Mm-mm. You're not? No. I mean, it's is pretty... It, is it by, is it democracy? You vote it's, for it? It's a under the table, somewhat bribe driven <laughs> democracy, but yeah, I mean... <laughs> There's a little... Wait, so it's U.S. politics. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's got a U.S. politics vibe to it. Uh, no, it's... I mean, at the end of the day, like, if somebody's like, hey, it's, you know, it's going to be this way and this is why, thankfully it doesn't get quite that far down the road where we start to kind of poke holes in it and be like, all right, where are we going to land on this thing? <clears throat> and then nine times out of ten, we kind of come to an agreement and say, all right, mm-hmm. this is the right direction. I kind of see it now. Didn't really agree with it at the beginning, but now I kind of see where we're going. Or sometimes you just realize, you're like, hey, let's not get in the way of it. 
like good is better than chasing perfect and you're going to kind of screw yourself over if you sit there and spin and like it's got to be like that it's got to be like that it's like we never sad. do that here nope nope we never augur in do on we? the details <laughs> as a matter of fact thinking about this fight club we would be able to move much faster we that the whole good is better than perfect we need yeah. to learn how to better do that yeah that's a tough one it is it's yeah it is tough you get uh you get tied to it, right? We are our customer just the same mm -hmm. way as you guys are. And it's hard to disconnect from that. It's hard to yep. like not have that emotional attachment where you, you do find yourself withholding value to the customer because you're trying to make it so perfect. Yep. And then you finally, three months down the road, you're like, what the hell are we doing? Yeah. And then you release it. And it's the best thing ever. Yeah, and everyone like, loves it. And you're like, holy shit. Could have had that a long time ago. Mm -hmm. That is. Yeah. We need to learn that lesson more now so than ever. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> That's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, let's maybe we, we switch a little bit and dive into. I want to dive into actual packs. So uh -oh. like part <laughs> part of the reasons I, I was going to talk uh, about your mustache wax you preference, were? but I don't yeah. have one. It's you just, don't? No. It's just pure. No like wax. He's from Bozeman, right now. Yeah. <laughs> he looks I, it. I keep curling it. I'm working. Look at on that. It. I just want some natural curl in it. Yeah. Are you going to grow it out for hunting season? Here's the thing: is uh, <laughs> like the. When, I, when I've been shooting my bow lately, uh -oh. it kind of messes with my anchor point. I can't quite get used to it. So maybe it I'll shave half of it. Shave half? No, yeah, I was going to say it should, it should be your anchor point. Just You're just, you just going to get it right Here's a funny story. I used to work with this guy. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> it was. At the DWR, super nice guy. He was the prairie dog biologist. And uh, one, the first time I ever met the guy, he was sitting across the room from me. And uh, it looked like he had half a mustache. And I was like, I could not figure out for the life of me why that guy would have half a mustache. And then I got up to him, and half of it was just blonde. He had kind of like a... Oh, like a yeah, like albino a, mustache? Yeah, yeah. Like, he had half whoa. of it that was totally blonde, but he, he absolutely loved it, and he rocked it. He grew it out, had twist in the What whole was the thing, other side? It was, it was brown, yeah. Oh, my it was, it was perfect. Yikes. Wow. It was like this perfect skunk mustache, and it was, it was this whole vibe. And you know what? Like, <laughs> normally, I'd be like, I don't know if that's the best look, but for this guy, it was he, perfect. <laughs> like, it, uh, just was, it was perfect. Super just, cool guy. It's all about that self-confidence and owning it. That's yeah. it, yeah. You own it, it is the Yeah, best he, he, he rocked it, so maybe just I'll go with half a mustache. Prairie Doug, yeah. just twist the left side and keep that right side open. Maybe one yeah. up, one down. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Do you guys ever watch those like uh, Morgan over con here. contests? Yeah. Like you guys that. ever mm -hmm. seen those? They get yeah. those crazy. Mm -hmm. yeah, oh yeah. yeah. You gonna do that? No. no. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Can you grow a beard? No. No. Not like. Not, not like. That. Not like. <laughs> I mean, did you shave yesterday? Yeah. Basically, yes. Yeah. Did you no. just think real hard and it like yeah. filled in perfectly? No, mine's so patchy. Know. See, the problem with that though is like the neck hair also matches the same as the facial oh, yeah. hair growth. Yeah. So it's like I get a haircut and shave my face, and then literally eight hours later, it looks like I'm homeless again. My neck's grown <laughs> out, my beard's grown. I'm like, all right, you're, you're just you're ready for I'm winter. Just, yeah, I'm just yeah. gonna wait. <laughs> well, Brady, do you do that? Uh, you just think hard, and the beard grows. Yeah, my beard grows. Brady's quite fast. super yeah. thick too. Yeah. yeah. So was Nettles. Yeah. yeah. God, you guys. Yeah, I, I just never understood why mine like just straight color difference between my hair and mm -hmm. my beard just goes red. What are you would talking about this? Oh yeah, <coughs> look at this. Little grays going oh on there too. Yeah. Old man. I'm getting old. Yeah. yeah, Tam, yours was brown when we first met. It was brown yeah. like last week. Like yeah. an hour ago. <laughs> like an hour ago. Before he yeah. sells me. Cause, before cause, yeah. cause hanging out with Porter too much. Numbers. I know. Freaking yeah. Porter. Let's, uh, he gets his haircut every week. Though, <laughs> he, he does. Yeah. Every week. That guy looks Stand, good. I've said this, and I'm going to keep saying it. Standing appointment every two weeks at noon. Really? It is, it is like clockwork. Man, you know what? And it's unbelievable that a guy can commit <laughs> to that level. You know I, what I mean? Like, that's more of than well, a marriage commitment. That well, look is at every him. two weeks. That doesn't noon. happen by I, magic. That I, is I like, get my haircut cut pre a year. 
Literally once a year. Once. Because I want to save. I'm just trying to save money. That's why. I'm like every six or eight weeks. <laughs> you just had a cut. I just had a cut and I feel naked. Do you really? I hate it. What? Yeah. You just like it's like a, it's a buzz cut to you right yeah, now. Yeah, I just need that long hair back. It needs to grow really fast. Season's coming. Yeah, you'll be flowing in the wind. Uh, I need it. That's how I can tell where the wind's going. Yep. <laughs> Built in. You're your own wind checker. Own wind checker. Yes, I have all these bo- bottles of powder yeah. now. Just get long hair. You're you full of good ideas up. today. I'm trying, dude. You should sell we're it. Cr- we're crushing. That is a good idea. <laughs> Huh? Little snips of his hair as wind yeah, indicator. Yeah, a indicator. The Brady, little lock. Brady cater. Yeah, yeah. hanging off the end of your stabilizer. <laughs> nice. Oh, <laughs> your stabilizer. You guys didn't do that back in the day. Yeah, you always did a little. You'd, like, little yeah, you'd have a feather, or whatever. Yeah. You'd hang yeah. off your your riser. Piece like everyone did that. Floss, like kind of yeah, a little piece of floss yeah. to give you some indication. So here's a question: This maybe shows like because I'm I'm arguably the oldest guy at the table, but did you no, ever no hunt? Ar- no argument there. Yeah. <laughs> did you hunt pre rangefinder days? Oh, for sure. Did you ever have the dial rangefinder? No. Oh my what God. was it like being had, around for Pearl Harbor? Too? It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would have a soda pop and how then I'm 48. Okay, I'm yeah. 40. I'll be 44. So yeah. I'm not too far behind you. Yeah. So I'm, how old are you? Are you even 40 yet? No, I'll be 37 next week. What? That's it. Yeah. Babes. Holy shit. Yeah. I yeah. just remember my uncle was, uh, he actually owned an archery shop in Central California. And his nickname was Grizz because he was like couple, like short dude like two times wider than you and he was (laughs) muy grande and uh this is back in the day when like you know overdraw is a really big thing oh yeah and we go hunting in the place we mentioned earlier that will not be named and uh he was just built like a brick shit house and he no joke had a hundred pound bow built by uh martin and with the limbs the whole nine yard this was back like he would hunt catalina island back when you yeah. could and he has this jacket um like old school duck camo like you know artificial fill for every animal they killed they had patches made oh, really? so it's like okay. goat 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 sheep goat it's like pig, a leatherman goat. or a uh, uh, it's like a biker for, yeah. yeah it's like this yeah. biker jacket kind of thing and we need to bring that we back, do back. we're doing that should we bring this back <laughs> this is a great another, idea. another, another great idea these guys every week yeah. just think of the ideas that have come out of it should we do a letterman yeah. jacket for hunting we should oh. awesome I mean, it was, I, I got to call him up because if I can find it, it's the most epic thing on the planet. And then he gave me one of his shirts. I don't know where the hell he had it made, but it says bow hunt Catalina. And it's got an outline of a Spanish goat on it. And I still have it. And it's like so thin and frayed. And I'm going to like put it behind glass or something. But wow. yeah, but he like went up, he, for the, I, for five, six years, he had the number nine Alaska, um, moose hmm. bow kill. And so, yeah, he was a hardcore dude, but. Yeah, that guy kind of turned me on to bow hunting and everything like that. But first time we were out there, you know, I'm like 16 years old or something like that. And he's like, here, use this. And I'm, I have three pins on this like old yeah. Martin Prowler. The cams brass, are like brass this, pins. Yep, brass pins. Yeah. The cams are like size of Oreo cookies. Yep. You know, it's like zero um, no freaking let off. No stabilizer. You don't even need to say fingers. Yeah, no yeah. release. Yeah. And uh, he's like, here, use this. And he hands me this thing. It looks like I don't even know how to describe it. Like, you hold it by you have to dial with like hold mm-hmm. it with two hands and dial and it's a range literally like a rangefinder camera yep. so when the image becomes clear did that and then you look at the number corresponding number on a dial Oof. so nope i was not around for that yeah it, essentially it was a it was a calculation based on the width yeah of the animal right yep. something like that like, like you would was, dial it until the yeah and it would split image and when they came focused yeah. there's a little wheel with the numbers yeah. corresponding and then you're like let it fly <laughs> we've came a long ways in technology <laughs> oh my gosh yeah so after That's that crazy. i hung up my loincloth and 
got into. You bring that back. You bring that back with the Letterman shirt or the jacket. This, so this would be a whole vibe. Mm-hmm. Well, there's that. Whole, there's the whole vibe of the uh, hipsters. They brought like typewriters back. Remember the? Remember <laughs> like it was when we were in college. Yeah. I feel like trucker hats. Yeah, trucker. I mean, but all that real hipster stuff mm-hmm. started coming back where people were literally in the in the in the courtyard or whatever it's called, yep. like the circle. They were on typewriters and. Yeah. Let's just bring back all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to go for it, all yeah. the good stuff. Yeah. I was just telling Brady, I was at Walmart doing my grocery shopping over the weekend. There was a guy <laughs> in front of me, and that guy had probably $2,500 worth of car audio equipment that he was buying. <laughs> Speakers, subwoofers, CD face, the whole thing. And I was just what? like, oh, remember when people spent just a metric shit yeah. ton of money to put into their car and y'all the had boom like the, system. Yeah, yeah. the pop off little CD things yeah. that you'd take Alpine yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah I had four 12s my very first I had a Tahoe I had four 12s and a Kenwood oh thing. yeah it was the worst decision my parents ever made <laughs> I had the every, screen popped out oh yeah like the whole oh, thing and then sure. I had four 12s I'm 16 don't even know how to drive yeah but I'm listening to music like, at a thousand decibels yes Way shaking how bad four is cars behind gone. me can feel the bass yeah. that's what I was doing so yeah I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about I love that guy I was like way to go man yeah he's gonna drive around and be bumping yeah where you can hear the, the trunk rattle oh yeah, yeah. and you yeah. know he's yeah. walking out to a 91 square body Chevy pickup <laughs> I <laughs> hope it's a different color mm-hmm. yep. yeah some some run DMC or something so yeah, that's I, a question I, for you guys though then what do you think is there the pendulum or sort of like a circular nature to this whole thing not to say we're going to go back to like shitty cams and you know that style of rangefinder but what's has it gone too far is it like too techie or what's what's next hmm i think it's a natural progression i mean everyone wants to use technology and all of a sudden you get a bunch of stuff under your start killing more animals and you got to want to take it back again yeah i think trends are probably going to go backwards yeah throw back to Long bows, yeah. Go, you can always go trad and things like that. Mm-hmm. I just think I think humans are so biologically programmed from where we came from, mm-hmm. like the hardships. Yeah, of course, like you you take the easy route on everything, but it, when it does get too easy, yeah. you, you start to just biologically are motivated to make it harder on yourself. Mm-hmm. So you start to almost work backwards, right? Like when life gets too easy, you start to. You know, I've killed so many animals with a gun. Now I'm going to go with a bow. Now I'm going to yeah. go traditional. I'm, I think there's a, you get successful enough that you almost start to walk it backwards. But I do think there's a natural progression of consistently and always it's going to be made as easy as possible. Mm-hmm. And then the guys at the top are always, you know, are the ones that are looking to make their lives harder. will kind of work it backwards. <laughs> Try for this. <clears throat> the yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. we, we've talked about it. Mm-hmm. The radios to long range shooting to like where is that where's mm-hmm. the line where does it stop where does it go Stuff. yeah get some super techie plaid clothes yeah that's right that's what we should bring back red <laughs> plaid blue yep. jean camo i think it's a progression i think it's a personal thing too mm-hmm. i think i think it's like Lorenzo says you start with a rifle you kill some animals with a gun you think oh bow hunting's pretty cool you get the latest, greatest compound, and yep. maybe that you just hit a point where you're like, maybe I'm so effective with this, I want to try traditional and, yeah. and work back. But I think, I mean, just generally, like if in popular culture, I mean, if you look at the, you know, what's anything popular, cell phones, you name it. Yeah, I mean, it's we're all kind of longing for what was. I mean, you look at Stranger Things, the popularity oh, of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, my hell. I, I just want cargo shorts to come back. My ex, <laughs> yeah. my ex-wife made me burn them all, and I don't have them anymore. I'm just regretting that life decision of why I got rid Somebody's, of all my cargo shorts. Those are great. So I can many throw, pockets to carry your stuff. Yeah, yeah. so many pockets. This is below room, the knee or above the knee? Room for activity. Below the knee. Below the oh. knee cargo shorts. <laughs> yep. Everything the knee. he wears is below the knee. <laughs> 
I have such a long leg. I mean, every show it off, man. Yeah, that's what we should. This is five it's, inch it's funny. Inch. I got into a conversation over the weekend about so like you talking what's hot and trendy. Everybody's looking for something. Yeah. This ice bath thing is driving me insane. <laughs> it's dumb. It's literally driving me insane. Okay, look, there. I, I am a biohacking. Uh, uh, freak like I'm a junkie I love all that stuff yeah. I constantly am working on it and trying to the, to the best of my ability and I do ice baths but these people who have like are talking about this profound change mentally right. they from three minutes yeah. in an ice bath look mm -hmm. your body definitely appreciates it no one will ever argue that but for you to sit there and tell me that you have this profound mental change because you just did something hard yeah. first thing in the morning like you're, in, you're, you're at your house. Yeah. You get out of the ice bath, you got a towel, you got a heater, yeah. you walk into your kitchen, you got food, your wife's making your breakfast. Like, Getting a cappuccino. What? It's three yeah. minutes. When you get in the back country, yeah. you are three days away, days away yeah. from the truck, which is then a day away from your house. Like that is, that's a true mental yeah. separation. Right. These people, this whole profound ice bath three minute thing is driving me nuts. It's just a look at me thing. It's, it, that's all it is. It is. It's a look at me. That's all yeah. it is. I did something hard today. Hard. I already won the day. The, I did three right. minutes of an ice bath. It's three right. minutes. Have you looked at the right. prices of those? I actually looked at yeah, them. Yeah, they're $11,000 for the ice bath. They're over 10 grand. I thought it was a yeah. horse trough and 15 bags of ice. No, that's that's, that's yeah. Montana. That's what it should be. Eastern Montana. Yeah, that's Eastern Montana. Like I said, I'm all for it and I do it. And the body is, the body recepts it extremely well for you know the recovery aspects but like this whole mental oh yeah change come on man yeah come on it'd be more it'd be more stretch this is stretch you get out to a towel your yeah. wife like, yeah. you, you, you got food right there so you're saying we we should cancel that order in the go on gear shop for ice baths you can't buy those you can't <laughs> not buy not available not yet, not yet. It. you get a horse trough though that's the lightweight model. speaking of pain and suffering on the other aspect is, is that branding thing part of this whole podcast deal Do yeah. we all get one of those for yeah, you? Yeah. Brand. Yeah. tramp stamp Yep. Hello. I can't keep looking over there like this. <laughs> You're welcome. Today. You can be the first brand. We'll do it for you. That's oh. fine. That's what you do. That's <laughs> fine. It'll be my second one. That's fine. Man, right. we walked that way down the road. <laughs> I love it. But you do. Bring, I just remember reading some, because I geeked out on some article. There was like a Scandinavian um, biathlon, like an Olympic coach. And he talked about that. Always making the athletes do super cold, super hot, super cold, super hot showers, and they end with cold. And he said it like improved, you know, muscle soreness, all this stuff. I mean, it's like full on scientific, but yeah, body you, recovery, body recovery. But as far yeah. as mental goes, it's three minutes. Yeah, it feels good, and <laughs> I, it's like shocking to the system, and then you're and then you're over it. And, and yeah. you feel good afterward. Like, do yeah. you guys ever feel good on your drive home after twelve days of? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's oh, like nothing feels better than that. Oh, uh, that's true. That's <laughs> yeah. a good point. That's a good point. But like. Yeah. All right, the next day yeah. after you get home and oh, wake up, you feel like mm -hmm. you got hit by a Mack truck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, I don't know. It's it's so frustrating to me. Anyways, we can move on. But that's, <laughs> that's the rant. Rant achieved on people who shouldn't compliment. So we'll look for your Instagram post tomorrow. On the MySpace. Of you and your ice bath. Did you in your underwear? <laughs> yep. Sure. That's yep. right. Yep. Yep. Stamp make, on. Make sure you hit all of them. Mm -hmm. yep. I'm going to do it. It's going to feel great on your brand. <laughs> oh my god gotta ice that sucker down that's right let's talk about backpacks you want to i want kind of all right do you want about to backpacks? <laughs> we don't no, have I mean, to i, I, I mean this talk is about pretty it. great i like ice baths i do too <laughs> i mean can I, you take your backpack in the ice bag? you do you fill it with ice and oh. you bring it in 
There we go. Mm-hmm. Make it harder. Boom. Make it harder. <laughs> yeah. You hike with it. So when you get to the top, it's lighter because it's melting. So it's, yeah. So oh, wow. That's easy. a good training technique. Then it's easier on your knees on the way down. So. Yeah. Wow. Check. Tim Sanders, true medium. He's coming into his own. When ready. is your podcast launch? It is not coming out anytime soon that I'm aware of. Yeah. I'll get one rolling soon. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Too funny. Uh, Backpacks? Backpack. Maybe. Come on. Um, okay, what's your view on hip packs? Come on, fanny pack. Don't use them. Why? Why not? It's just not my thing. Yeah. Love them. Are you love talking em? about like oh, love them. day to day? Like a hip monkey, whatever. You know, you want to use it just to... Like if I go to Disneyland. I'm or right? you're... Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. maybe you're going no, with the kids. No, I There's some super teched out ones nowadays. I see it. Pistol, internet. tourniquet, Sour Patch Kids. Yep. Great. Sour Patch Kids. That's That's your spike in it. When I'm in like athletic or athleisure as yep. Porter likes to call it when I'm in those like weekend travel yeah. I do I do love a good because you can't pack. put yeah. the cell phone and everything else it's like yeah, yeah. and you know you your back sweats with a backpack on mm-hmm. which you know when you're out with the kid I don't know I feel with my kid it's it's helped because you need a lot of stuff for a kid and think you know oh, yeah. and you don't have anything on your back so when I'm in those kinds of clothes yes mm-hmm. but normal day-to-day when I'm seeing people that I know <laughs> You know, like we you're know like, each other. You're at the rock, you're not rocking the leather. Yeah, yeah. When, when I'm with people mm-hmm. who know me and we right. know each other, I don't, I don't do that. Yeah, this is totally in, in so, uh, incognito. Yeah. So when I went to uh, Tajikistan oh, on yeah. that Marco Polo hunt, I kind of wish I would have had one for yeah. all those traveling, carrying passports and all sorts of random yep. charge cords and stuff like that, like going that through stuff. all those airports and the cash thing. Yeah. I did see a lot of people with little fanny packs and I was doing little tours. Well, it's, it's consolidated. Yeah. If, if I'm wearing it in the front and you're going toward this area of my body, you have a problem. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So you know exactly <laughs> where that's my money is. My do you though? No, do you? <laughs> you either it, it pay well, for it, it or to find a problem. <laughs> yeah. When is it not a problem? Okay. When mama's. When mama's. When mama no like you. You know, you're, it, you're, it looked really handy. That's where the appendix <laughs> carry thing came from. It's fast, but it's also mm-hmm. like if you're coming to this part of my body uninvited, then here we go. Let's party. Let's do it. So, so is that the next Mr. Ranch line? Well, I mean, we've got them. You know, the yeah, hip monkeys and stuff. And they're oh, super popular. Oh, yeah. Right. We've got I think a the new way to wear it is like bandoleros. So. Yeah, yeah. Cross body. Yeah. I've got I feel like that's a boob play for the girls. I feel like that's just a boob pop play. <laughs> is it? Oh, I tell my wife that all the time. <laughs> what are you trying to do here? <laughs> Isn't that? <laughs> I mean, I'm not mad about it. I'm not telling you mad about it. I just say I think it's a boob pop don't. I don't disagree. I think a lot of you know, we'll call it street culture mm-hmm. has blended over into uh, normal, you know, like, so that, yeah, like the outdoors drifted and yeah, it's become a thing yeah, over the shoulder. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only time I do it is I, I've used when I just retro to like a little fly fishing vest. I throw boxes of flies and there's some other shit and then throw it over my shoulder and go. My dad did used to use one for a uh, whitetail hunting. Really? He could carry some of his climbing sticks oh, and all yeah. that stuff in there. And like he had a little hmm. fanny pack thing. I had all his little hunting accessories in it's there. Rad. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I think he still might have it back at home. I should See? try to find that. It was, it was pretty cool. You use one then. Bring it out. You're oh, all. Yeah. You're all in. Oh, I love it. Like in the city, it's a great. I mean, it's a great place to carry a pistol. It's a great places. Again, like for me, it's it's gummy bears, a tourniquet, and a pistol, and and then we're good. <laughs> so is it the hip monkey? That's Disneyland. That's Disneyland trip. So is it the hip monkey? Is that there, the go-to? There's a hip the, pack. The, the Those things are the size of a Which cell one's your go-to? Look at that one right there. No, I think the hip mini is the one I've been using. I like that one. That thing holds like. We don't have. Honestly, did not know you guys had those. Oh yeah. Did Probably not know that. To. Yeah. yeah. Do, you guys, do you guys sell those well? Yeah. You do? I- internationally, for sure. Should we carry them? The international I don't know. Thing. I mean, if, if you think, yeah, test drive a few. And then uh, let's see some photos of some people killing. I'm a, I'm I want to see the biggest game animal killed with the smallest kit carried. <laughs> yeah. There we go. There's a challenge. What do you think of that? I, like I, I like will it. send anybody 
a fanny pack to test drive it. Anybody. We got to take her over there. I'm telling you. Yeah, you it's gotta it? be M81. The one? Okay. Oh man, now we're getting the juices flowing. Would that be sweet? But you can't. That's it. Like it's, every no bino harness, nothing. Like you no, can carry not, your binos, but they DPM. gotta be slung. I think you can put some game bags like, in there, kill kit. Yeah, like, that one's pretty big. Like you can get a lot in that. Okay, thing. that's ultra light. No, I mean, no load shelf. I can carry my 14 pound rifle. No load shelf. That's right. So you're just like you know. Brady should wear one, and we'll see how many comments he gets on it. She's at my gear list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we'll see if it, that'll be like our defining factor. If oh, kind of like carry it or not. you don't even mention it. It's just yeah, like just, it's there. just there. It's like your watch. Yeah, casually yeah. There. yeah, and we'll see how many people. Yeah, well, better get a lot of comments. People. This is a sociological test. Like this is sort of like people are gonna. Was well, like, this your whole ploy of bringing this up? Like, hey, no. do you guys use uh, fanny, uh, fanny packs? No, I was just really curious. <laughs> do you know what? Let me tell you why fanny packs are awesome. Oh shit, you don't carry them? What? Oh. Damn it. <laughs> no, I was always curious because uh, I don't remember, I saw him in the airport coming here the day, and it's like, you know, guys, gals, crossbody, everything. It's like every color, shape, and size. And I was like, hmm, I don't, I don't wear one very often. Yeah. I can't do the crossbody thing as a guy, though. I still just own the straight up around the waist. Like, oh, man, you're like, go. yeah. No insecurities. Oh, man. None. I'm in. <laughs> you can't wear it on your back, so that's the whole point. Yeah. You're stealing my Do you wear it up front or out oh, back? Just come off the side. <laughs> <laughs> You don't want to hang it between your legs. You right. know, a little 10 o'clock. A little 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. See that? Okay. God. I like it. Maybe. All right. Try I'm in. Backpacks? All right. Send I'll picks. get one. I just carry like a small wallet. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. You got your phone. No tourniquet? Yeah, no no Sour Patch Kids? Pack oh, man. Your pack of cigarettes. You're not going to get that lumpy butt with your wallet. I roll those in the sleeve. Do you need one or the other? You need them. the hair back. Yep. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, you could tell. Your right? Walkman. Yeah, with my cappuccino. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you, were, um, you want to talk about backpacks earlier. Is that right? I did, yeah. yeah. Let's, uh, I'd I want, love to. I, I, yeah, I just want to know. So Mystery Ranch, I think a lot of people, just feedback that I get, people like Mystery Ranch pack because it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's pretty common feedback that we get. I know yep. that the, the Guideline MT frame, you got the five-piece hip belt. Yep. Like, what is it? I mean, what is it? Is that – and I wanted to ask the question. Maybe I'll lead into it with this question. So durability, yep. comfort – functionality uh how would you rank those for you i mean i think durability always kind of leads to charge you know we start sometimes at times have been accused of overbuilding things but at the end of the day i don't like to replace my pack you know very often i don't like to repair it it doesn't help to repair something three miles in or have something blow out so i think Durability has never been a question, and I think a lot let's, of that stems from the military side of things, for let's, sure. Let's throw lightweight with functionality in there. So you mm, got dur- mm-hmm. durability, lightweight, and uh, what was it on? Comfort. 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 Yeah. Um, I think you want to rank them? Or yeah, rank them for you. Oh, for me, for me personally? Yeah, are you both asking, of you. like, pick, pick our favorite or why? Oh, for both, me? Both for I'm, just, I'm, okay. just, I'm just I would go in, in your guys' frame of mind. When you go hunting <clears> with a backpack. Comfort first. Comfort first. Yeah, because it's like I look at like either my the boots I'm wearing or whatever. I mean, it's it's something that's either going to be carrying a decent amount of weight or hopefully at the end of the hunt a lot of weight. And I'm trying to you know maximize comfort, minimize discomfort because you may think about like a blister, a small blister on your in a boot, right? It'll jack up the whole hunt, the whole day. You know, when you have a gnarly blister, if you don't get it taken care of, and I just think uncomfortable packs that like ride to you know low, high, whatever hot spots is just. You know, I'm thinking about that. I'm not thinking about the hunt. I'm not thinking about the climb or whatever it is. So for me, I'd rank comfort for sure. Mm-hmm. Durability is kind of on par with lightweight because I'm not like extremely hard on gear. And the way we build stuff is way, you know, better than what I'm, it's, it exceeds any thing I'm going to do. 
to like beat up a backpack or anything. And lightweight is subjective, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I know you're kind of a lightweight dude, but you have a 72 pound plus rifle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. He like, just said you're small. It's light, light, lightweight, um, in yeah. your preference of uh, carrying gear. And uh, yeah, heavy rifle, lightweight gear. <laughs> mm-hmm. As he pops his packs, did you see that? <laughs> I saw him. Did I? I just alpha mailed, I think, or I gotta do an ice bath. I weighed 192 pounds this morning. I was feeling jacked until I came in here. I'm going out back, there's an ice bath somewhere. Um, so lightweight for me is like subjective because either, I don't know, what's eight ounces here, a pound there, you know, that kind of thing. Don't be a pussy. <laughs> yes. 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 Something like that. Yeah. You know. must be an hour in. That's what, I mean, that's like, what, what is the end goal with lightweight? When everybody talks about ultralight, lightweight, yeah. what it, at what point is it too light? At what point, like at what point does that... Like tip a over. I, well, I think when it affects your comfort and your safety, like and you safety see it, is a, safety is a big one. I think yeah, and you really see it in like that ultra like backpacking communities where these guys are carrying. You know, there's that whole and that's a fucking rabbit hole. But like you know, traditional backpacking is sort of like north of thirty pounds your base weight. Sub like whatever it is twenty is ultralight. Sub ten pounds base weight is like super ultralight. There's guys hiking the entire Appalachian Trail, PCT, you know, a thousand miles or whatever, starting out without food and water, ten pounds a year, and then they restock as they go. But they are sleeping on. I'm not joking. Like this is their, you know, that's their pad, little space blanket. Yeah, they sleep back. on like this, you know, a Why do you three quarter inch pad. That much? I don't understand yeah, that. Dyneema tarp, you know, no pillow, one change of clothes. I'm like, if your goal is to just cover shit piles of miles quickly and very, very light, that's, you know, there's an argument to say, okay, you did it. You know, you checked yeah. that box, but it doesn't sound fun at all. Mm-hmm. Like to me, I'm like, no way. I like to eat too much. I like to sleep when I can be comfortable. I want a decent tent if you know the storm gets, comes in and shit goes sideways. Um, so I think it's pretty subjective. Like that to me is the extreme side of it. You see it in climbing too, like alpine climbing. Guys take off on massive routes and they literally have only enough gear and protection to get up and over and off the route. If they have to go up and try to repel and get off of it during a storm, they don't have enough gear to physically get off it. So a lot of times they call it failing up. Like they have to just get up and off the damn thing. And there's a no margin for error with mm. that. And that's like super extreme. Like I've never been on a hunt where I'm like, oh my God, I might die, you know, if I don't like get out of here. Cause I usually have enough gear to just, you know, ride it out. It's not mm. my living room, but it's just fine. Well, we talk about this too with hunting. The really inter- interesting thing about hunting is like, okay, yeah, we, uh, we have to get in there, right? We yeah. have to, we're on trails to get in there, much similar to a backpacker, or ultralight backpacker, whatever. But we have to perform back there. Yeah. Like yeah. we have to perform a task. You're not just sitting around that the That you can't yeah. bank on any sort of outcome or how much energy it's going to take. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes <clears throat> you have to work your absolute ass off. Mm-hmm. So you have to perform while you're back there. And there are certain things that help you perform, yep. right? Fueling your body properly getting proper sleep and recovery. Yep. There are things that help you perform. So with hunting this whole, the whole ultralight concept, which of course we're all trying to shed weight, Brady mm-hmm. sheds weight in some of the craziest ways possible, but then he has a 14 pound rifle because, you guys because you guys of performance. Seen, you guys didn't see all the comments lately. People tell me, well, you're all this ultralight guy. Why don't you shave your beard, shave your stupid haircut. Oh my God. <laughs> and then shave all your body hair. And I'm yeah. like, okay. You're a gym hunter. Okay. Yeah, well, you're a gym hunter. You're gym not, Most like, of those are just my burner account. That's <laughs> trail roasting me all the time. That's right. That's taken to a little extreme level on the ultralight yeah. side. But that's but but with hunting, it is it is not 
ultralight. Like, no. of course, we are all trying to save weight. It'd be dumb for anyone to say that they're not trying to save weight. Yeah. But you're all, you're, you're, you are there to perform a task mm-hmm. that you can't calculate of what's going to happen. Yeah. You just yep. know that, okay, there's this overall task I have to accomplish, but you can't bank on any sort of work that's going to go in or out of it yeah. to get it done, right? And the longer the hunt goes on and you knock something down, yeah. you got to be ready to pack. You know, it's there, like more work yeah. when you're the most like, kind of wasted. Yeah, you and that's, know, you're doing the, that's the really interesting thing for us that we talk about with hunting is everybody talks about going into the backcountry comfortable mm-hmm. and there is too comfortable. We talk about Porter with bagels and pesto and tortellini and all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hey, if that's your thing, that's, that's your thing, right? Barber I meets mean, him at the trail. Better be ready yeah. to, to haul it, you know, mm-hmm. but at the same, at the same token, you can't go too light either because yep. you're there to perform a task. And there, there are definitely certain things that your body needs to help you perform. So it's like, where totally. do you draw that line? And you're still hunting in the inclement weather. Like you still have to perform when it's raining and snowing and yeah. you could be back there for eight days. You could be back there for 14 days, mm-hmm. right? You, it's just, you so have Porter to survive. Brings bagels, <laughs> tortellini, tortellini, pesto, pesto. Dude, where do I cheese, sign? all kinds of stuff. See, that's my spirit Lama. animal. Lama There's nothing hunt. like a backcountry bagel. <laughs> I'll true. die on that hill. <laughs> I'm on that hill for sure with Porter. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was reading some blog from dude who's like, um, this guy, Andrew Skirka, have you ever seen, heard of him? Mm-mm. He's, I think, hiked in the last, you know, his adult life over 30,000 miles. I think he hiked like unsupported across Alaska, the Yukon. He's done um, Canada to the Mexico border. I mean, you name it, he's done it. <clears throat> like, probably the most dialed, um, like, backpacker. What's through this guy's hike. name? Andrew Skirka. S- yeah, S K U R K. And like his gear list and everything, it's like, you can learn a pile from that and apply it to hunting. Like, and I really liked his methodology and people were like, well, what about this? And what's the lightest of that? And they're like picking apart. Like, I think it was like his first aid and it's like his med kit. And he's like, I don't even weigh it. I don't care what it weighs because what I take in it is exactly what I need to like handle minor injuries, a burn, et cetera, et cetera. He's like, I don't care what it weighs because if I were to screw around with like, okay, don't take this and take one bandaid instead of four, don't take that wrap and et cetera. He's like, I've minimized my safety net with the, the thing that I know based on his experience, right? Which helps a lot. What will keep me, you know, running smoothly from blisters, a burn, et cetera, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And it's kind of like, he's like, I don't weigh it, but he weighs everything else, you know? But he's like, that's the thing I don't even need to worry about. It's kind of the safety method of like, yeah. you go in with certain gear, I don't care what it weighs. <clears throat> I'm not like not gonna bring it because it weighs quote unquote a lot. I don't even know yeah. you know what, what's the mm-hmm. definition it's, of that. It's how the analogy I use is my rifle and my optics. Like yeah. those, <clears throat> rifle exactly. is, rifle's sole purpose is to kill. I don't yep. care what it weighs. I'm very confident with the heavy rifle. Optics are to find the animal to kill. Yep. Everything else I can cut. Yeah. I don't care what those two objects weigh because those are what's going to make me successful when it yep. comes down to it. But everything else. I can cut things here or there. Yeah. As long would as you say the that, safety. Yeah. Would you say that that's kind of Mystery Rancher's approach to a pack then? I mean, you make a lightweight pack, you cut where you can, mm-hmm. but ultimately, would you, would you suggest that the higher priority is comfort, durability? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the durability comes through with, you know, not only how is it going to, you know, if you're dropping it on, because like ultralight gear, and more so on like the outdoor side, you got to be pretty damn careful with it. You know, Dyneema yeah. and all these different things, they're, they're fragile. Um, and I think on the hunting side, and it can be overbuilt, right? That like, for example, mm-hmm. the military line, way harder user group that's not for the hunting side and you just don't need it all so it's like scale it back to kind of that sweet spot and for right now i think we you know we're trying to figure it all out always but i think we've kind of nailed it from a durability standpoint Mm -hmm. and comfort from you know if you you know foam does weigh a lot obviously that's where you get your comfort from Mm -hmm. the construction and that 
Um, you cut too much of it, yep, it's gonna be really light, but man, it's gonna carry like shit. You mm -hmm. know, it's gonna dig into your shoulders. So yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, I think, like you were saying, the methodology of get it as light as you can without compromising the end goal. Mm -hmm. And if that is for whoever, if it's like super organized comfort, you know, pesto till, you know, next Tuesday kind of style of hunt, then go for it. But if it's like super pared down and that's all you need, then I'd say go that route. Mm -hmm. Cause like you, I was watching something, your food analogy, <clears throat> like you eat just to like stay fueled, right? Get salad as his fuel. I'm always like, God dang it, man. Like I need like for a little bit of variety and there's mm -hmm. going to be some, you know, a few yeah. things in my, in my food bag. Yeah, I can't quite do that. <laughs> <laughs> I need the bagel. Yeah, I can't either. Mm -mm. It's just I like my food. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think it's an interesting idea to kind of kick around, you know. And I, I kind of I agree. I mean, I, I think you got to be lightweight enough, but mm -hmm. you don't need to be so lightweight that you're compromising your ability to comfortably carry a lot of weight when you do actually kill an animal. And then yeah, I've had a ton of people ask me like, oh, well, you know the you know, pack, whatever is, it's not the lightest. There's definitely lighter packs on the market. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's true, but it also won't rip at the shoulder strap when you've got a hind quarter of an elk in there, Yeah, which is worth more than lightweight. Right. And worrying you know? about it. A yeah. Worrying worry about it the whole time. I've, yeah. I've had packs. I remember I packed out a mule deer. I won't, I won't say the brand, but I had pretty much a whole mule deer and I had a shoulder strap completely, you know, blow rip. Yeah, yeah. Blow out. It sucked. I mean, mm -hmm. I had to yeah. tie that thing up. I had, you know, five miles to get out. And yeah. It was a complete shit show. There's nothing I, worse than that. I would have traded yeah. every ounce at that point. <laughs> for with, a different pack. For a different pack. Yeah. And our strap that worked. Yep. And Brady and I, we went high country, Colorado. Very heavy packs because we didn't know what we were doing on the film side of things at yep. the time. And my waist belt blew out oh, on yeah, the way that. out. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, So not only did I have a, an injury in the back country, I blew my knee out. An old, oh. old injury that crept back up on me but then halfway on the pack out mm -hmm. to, to get back to the truck my hip hip belt went out just blows so now me. i got a i got a bum wheel mm -hmm. and i got a, a hip hip belt that doesn't work so i have just all kinds of weight pulling my shoulders back <laughs> Jesus. it was it was brutal yeah. i would have done anything for a, a new two pack. three pound heavier <laughs> yeah. i was i had an i won't say the brand either mm -hmm. i had an ultralight pack at the time um, you know, considered ultralight. Yeah. And the hip belt blew out. I mean, I had too much weight <clears throat> in there from all the camera gear and everything we were carrying out. We mm -hmm. were soaking wet. I'm um, sure that had something to do with it too. But man, I would have gladly carried two extra pounds oh, yeah. in just the pack itself to not have that happen. <clears throat> you for know? sure. You even snapped a trekking pole coming out because all your weight was. It was like a WWE on episode yeah, on no the way out. <laughs> Yeah, it was absolutely brutal. And that's why I blew out the trekking poles. Yeah, I had a bum a bum wheel, but at the same time, like I had this awkward weight that I couldn't really control. Like mm -hmm. it was it was controlling me, you know what I mean? Nothing's flat back there. Yeah. Everything's <clears throat> unstable footing. And yeah, I blew out a trekking pole and had to run two sticks on each side of it, wrapped it up in a bunch of electrical <laughs> tape and like basically built a stint on it. Yeah. And Jesus. had to just had to get it done. But it was absolutely brutal. That's crazy. Have you been injured? Other like anybody been really injured out hunting or in the backcountry? Mm -mm. No, mm -hmm. tweak, tweaked backs and stuff like that, yeah. but not that knee. Not that was a shoes. that was an old football injury that I never had fixed and crept back up. This it was pretty brutal in the time. I yeah. spent the, an entire day nursing it, just getting ready to get out, basically. Yeah, that's, I'm always worried about that. <laughs> Doing something great, you, know, you slip on a you know yeah scree healers in the rain some or something yeah. yeah i've passed out <laughs> <laughs> we, we talked about that yeah, was I, that the antelope hunt no yeah i did then too no, <laughs> but I, that was a that I was a pass out from it. 
I did pass yeah. out. Yeah. The, the junk yeah. shot? Yeah. Oh, that was I, the, I passed uh, out, out. God. Yeah, I took a, yeah, one it of was those like, pop-out hub yeah. lines. Yeah, I took it one just, right to the cherries. Absolutely. Yeah, Drop the carbon you. rod, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah the carbon rod that goes to the four corners. It yeah. popped out of the one corner as I was trying to twist it and just tagged me right in the cherries. <laughs> like a 150-mile-an-hour yeah. fastball. I mean, it would be like Yikes. bending... Yeah, I mean, bending a carbon rod that's, what, maybe quarter inch in diameter, completely straight back, and then just it letting it, it fly. It's like an episode of Jackass. Yeah, it oh, got, my God. How long were you standing there before you passed out? So I, I started laughing at first because I was like, I, I can't believe I just got hit in the nuts. <laughs> is it on film anywhere? No. Oh, damn it. Of course not. <clears> no. Stuff ever is. Hmm. no, but it, it hit, and I started giggling, kind of laughing, mm-hmm. and I stood up, and there was, like, that delay in pain. Just mm-hmm. you know, maybe five, 10 seconds. And then just like the most intense pain to the you know, oh, your core. Yeah. And then I started to stand up and I got to full, full, you know, height. And I was standing there and the camera guy was standing there in the blind with me and I was kind of giggling and I was like, I think I might pass out. And he was like, whatever. And I was like, no, no shit. I'm going to pass out. <laughs> so I just threw my arms around his neck. And then that's the next thing I knew. I woke up in the dirt. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. And I was out, I was out for a minute. And then you guys moved in. And yeah. Then- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, now that, we have a house together. You know, <laughs> you know these things happen. Yeah, yep. yeah, that was pretty early. But I, oh. yeah, I, I took a fall one time shed hunting off of some ledges and did the same thing. So I just, I have a thing about it. We talked about it last podcast. So you're like, anyway, yeah. It's like, like one of those uh, goats. Yeah, mm-hmm. fainting goat. That's what I am. Fainting goat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, any just any real sharp, intense pain. Yep. I'm out. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. That sounds justifiable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. It it swelled up large. <laughs> <laughs> it was purple. It was not great. Not a. Not, it's probably no. one of my worst moments. But that sounds what do you, what do you do? horrendous. That's a nice bath. Yeah. Worthy. That's when for, you really for sure. find your spirit animal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in terms of durability, like what is it about a Mystery Ranch pack that makes it durable? Um, build like the style, you know, the construction, the methods, like the kind of the architecture of the bag, um, mm-hmm. for sure. The frame, um, which is what. Um, if it's like a guide light, you know, if it's an external frame bag, it's going to be, you know, carbon stays a lot. Obviously, the you know the durability of the webbing, mm-hmm. it, down to the details of like how it's bar tacked and just the way the actual you know seams are mm-hmm. um, constructed on the frame. And then when you get into the bag itself, textiles is predominantly where you're seeing the strength. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, with 500 denier or 330 denier, um, all the different coatings. Actually, a lot of people don't know that. Even the coating on a Cordura fabric adds to the durability and abrasion resistance. Didn't know that. So if it's just like a raw, you know, piece of fabric, it's not as durable. Hmm. Um, there's certain stitchings too that you can certain do. Certain stitchings, to- yeah. There's like all the different, you know, um, rolled stitching, all the different, you know, things when you double back on stuff and how those, you know, stitches. Even like something like on a game bag, you know, we make like the felled stitching, um, something called like a French seam. Um, hmm. All these things you can go down the rabbit hole. You see it a lot of like apparel too, certain things like um, construction wear, like why certain stitches are, you know, in places like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but textiles predominantly, you know, and then obviously hardware, you know, buckles and things make a big difference because the lighter they get, you know, you can find like a really bargain basement, you know, book bag and feel the buckles and like they flex, mm-hmm. you know, compared to that. I mean, buckles can break pretty easy, but we definitely try to, you know, err on the side of overbuilt when it comes to buckles for yeah, sure. So- big no-no on a waist belt if your buckle breaks yeah, on you. That, I mean, I've gotten to the point now, I just, I do carry a spare um, or some way, because I've, um, on the time I stepped on it with my boot, you know, in the winter, and I was like, didn't even know it, and I just cracked the hell out of one mm-hmm. side of the buckle, so. 
Slamming a car door. That's, that's a good one. one. That's a winner. I've yep. got a good story of a mystery ranch bag. I yep. actually did slam mine in the tailgate in the the male side of mm-hmm. the waist belt buckle. The bottom prong snapped. Yeah. But it was still, it was, it was I was day hunting. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was closing my tailgate in the morning. And uh, it snapped the bottom end of the male side buckle. Yeah. And it was still strong enough, just the one to hold prong. It. Yeah. it was still strong enough to hold. So I, I hunted the entire day, mm-hmm. no issues at all. Yeah. It's great. Sometimes, yeah, it's crazy. You get lucky. <laughs> like it yeah. holds I thought up. you were going to say it passed out. No. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have an issue with passing out. That's, that's not me. <laughs> Um, one, of the, one of the other common questions that we get, and I, I, I guarantee you guys probably get it too. Uh, like, how does somebody pick a bag? You guys, how, how many bags do you guys have in your lineup? Like packs? You've got on the hunting side. Yeah. <clears throat> um, do you know off the top of your head? Probably if you take like guide light, pop up, seven eight, seven, you eight. know, something like that. Yeah. And they, they run the range of like anything from what yeah. eighteen hundred cubic inches to to sixty some hundred yeah hundred and five liters whatever the heck that is in cubic inches I've yeah. gotten seven yeah nearly seven so so I mean how when somebody calls up and asks you and you try to guide them into a pack yep well I always start like what what's style of hunting like what do you do what yeah. kind of hunting do you prefer to do right mm-hmm. and if it's like all I do is day hunt you know I live near decent you know country where i can just zip out on the weekend and i just day hunt then i just say okay do you, are you going to pack anything out it's like yeah i hope so cool it's got to have an overload shelf i'd steer them towards pintler sawtooth a kind of the smaller you know volume size um and then if it's like multi-day you know it's like it's really tough to beat the metcalf kind of that sweet spot of and what you know, would you say like ideally a metcalf is built for how many how many days three to five three to five yeah you're talking backpack hunting yep. overnighters yep yeah, or if you just you know carry a pile of gear, it's later season. Yeah, two to three days. <clears throat> um, you know, I've I've used it for four or five days, but I prefer a bear tooth if, just because it's like you don't have to be so you know. Cause at the trailhead or at home, it's perfect. You know, everything's packed like a Tetris puzzle. By like day three, it's like shit's getting jammed in the top and it's not nearly as tidy. Mm-hmm. So I'd err on the side a little bigger. But <clears throat> I just ask, you know, it's like what kind of hunting do you predominantly do, and then steer them towards volume. Because the frame and the fit is exactly the same, whether it's a Marshall or a Pentler. So regardless of volume, um, the frame system and everything's exactly the same. So that's the easy part, you know, from fit and sizing. You got the overload shelf. Now it's like, what do you like to hunt? How long do you go? And then just fill in the blanks with, you know, the, the volume of the bag from there. So off the top of your head, if I asked you, mm-hmm. I want to day hunt front country. Can you name two packs that you would suggest you just mentioned the sawtooth sawtooth and pintler um i might steer somebody towards like a pop-up 40 if they want something a little lighter you know where you're just like low profile for the you know predominantly all the hunting part of it where it's you know a little more um streamlined in the brush you can you know get lower with it and then if you do pack something out you can just adjust that thing up just to get the angle on your load lifter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all three of those are built with a load shelf. So yep. essentially you can detach the bag from the frame. You yep. can drop in the meat between the two and pack out. Yep. Three to five day, you mentioned the Metcalf. Yep, Metcalf. And then above that, you know, five-ish, four to six, bare tooth. Okay. And then north of that, it's the Marshall. Okay. Because it's you know, obviously the biggest, kind of your everything in the kitchen sink bag. How many days do you think you get out of the Marshall? God, I don't know. I think it's pretty subjective. You could probably get like 20, you know. <laughs> Should we try it? Brady yeah. one. There's a YouTube video. How many days can you backpack with Out a Marshall? A, that's right. Cause and make got, it last. He's doing uh, Hip Monkey. Um, elk he hunt. is a Hip Monkey. Let's just call <laughs> that's your new name, Hip Monkey. <laughs> I would say the sweet spot is like seven to nine days. Gotcha. You know. If it was like super late season, tons of you know gnarly clothing and tents, et cetera, my I would sh- you know shrink that a little bit. 
The other common question we get is fitting a pack. Mm-hmm. I know that you love to fit people with packs. I love fitting Chris Porter. He's my favorite person. <laughs> What's the process of fitting fit. Chris Porter for a pack? Mm-hmm. How does that work out? Um, so on our on our website, there's a chart that you can plug in data in it very very clearly. Uh, unless unless you're Chris Porter, love you, Chris. Um, <laughs> tells Chris you how to <laughs> how to fit a pack, and and so there's a measurement that you take on your back, and then there's your measurement for your waist, and you can very clearly fall into into one of those subcategories or one of those size categories. What size hip belt? offer do you know off the top of your head oh it's from small like, medium it's almost yeah small medium kind of medium large large x so large. it's going to go from like XL. 28, 28 inches yeah. on the small end all the way up to 40 plus okay yeah i think it calls all the way out to 46 46 if it's extended the, yeah yeah and that's that and that siding chart got a lot easier <clears throat> two or three years ago mr ranch brought in a ton of people off of craigslist ad believe it or not mm-hmm. and measured a ton of different <laughs> body types like and made, made a better what else was in that end yeah. Uh, <laughs> massage. <laughs> massage. Yeah. What was the rate of normalcy in the hundred people off of Craig? Uh, I wasn't there, so I'll let Tim not diverge. It was. I mean, it was basically everybody under the sun. Like as far as I mean, we're talking tall as Brady. You know, you know, someone like my wife's size, like five three. I mean, micro, tall, yeah. big, male, football, female, build, you name it. But, that all but like that. mentally speaking, what would you say is <laughs> oh. the average, you know, oh, like norm- what were they? normalcy? Oh, uh, that responded to a pack yeah, fitting Craigslist. Yeah, because Craigslist, pack fitting. <laughs> but it would keep in mind, it's in Bozeman, so it was local, so they knew the oh, brand. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, so I'd say like 52% normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that chart got a lot easier to A, read, and B, to fit into and much more wide range within each mm-hmm. small, medium, medium, large. So it is, it's a whole lot easier to just take that one simple measurement and... Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously most people know their waist size. You can plug it in. So that's the hip belt. How do you fit somebody for a torso? There, there's that measurement, and it shows you what which which portion yeah. of your back to measure off of. And then that it takes C7. It, tells you or where no. to stop. What the hell is, is this one? The bony one? I was trying to think. I couldn't remember. Yeah. So I was going to sit here and spit all that. But C7. Yep. Yeah. C7. So you take the measurement from your C7 to your waistline where that hip belt sits. Brady, that's and plug kind of and use that piece of data. <laughs> you're, you're on you're on the market. Yeah. Can you find the graph so we that's can confirm that? Stack. 46 so I got a I got a yeah. I got a good question for you that I want like because I know what I do personally to make it work, but mm-hmm. just based on you guys and your guys' yeah. level of knowledge on your packs, obviously. So I'm on the medium waist belt, yeah. right? But my torso is the large. Yeah. So I know what I do, but what would you guys suggest to do? And I'll mm-hmm. see if I'm doing the right thing. Medium waist. And uh, large torso. Mm-hmm. I'm the same exact, and I wear a large. I'm like back. well into the large torso length. But are you north of 20? I am not. I so I'm like 19. So you're on the cusp, right at the top. Yeah. So you'd be at the almost maxed out on the medium torso length currently. Yeah. And you might benefit from a large. Mm-hmm. I Just would. From a layering standpoint, I'd yeah. wear the large. Go jump up in the yoke size. Yeah. Which you can do as like an after. Because um, you still have so. room to shrink it. You still have room to go down to 17. Even if you like when you put something heavy in, you can shrink it an inch to give yourself some, mm-hmm. some play in the yoke. But if it's like a November hunt and you got a puffy on, yep. I would say maybe jump to the large yeah. yoke. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so you can get those. That I'm always, I'm always a tweener. I'm not, I'm not like Brady. And, well, Brady's mm-hmm. not a tweener, but like Trail's just, he's built so, so nice. Just right. <laughs> he's built so elegantly. Perfect. He's just... <laughs> Pair, like a pair of jeans <laughs> off the shelf, t-shirt off the shelf. Like, doesn't matter. Just doesn't need to do anything. Yep. With the mustache compliment. Just, yeah. I get so jealous. The guy gets to roll his jeans. <laughs> it's like He's, David. He's just etched in marble. 
perfect. He just fits all the all the fitting <laughs> ranges so well. Yeah, you are uh, the uh, a sample medium. You're like uh, you are a sample size. I'm a medium. Yeah, yeah, you're a sample perfect yeah. sample size. Yeah. yeah. You said something just was kind of interesting. You said shorten the torso if you were running really heavy. Is that something you? I, I find it to be effective. It doesn't have to go very far, mm-hmm. but. I'll, I'll find that sometimes when I'm super heavy, I get I get some play that I don't like. Whereas if I just short, shorten that yoke, even half a bar, mm-hmm. it's uh, it rides better for me. Talk us real quick through just the the adjustment for the yoke. How, yeah. how does Mr. Ranch address that? Because some companies they have a Velcro, you pull the straps and just slide them up or down. Right. Some of them have a track or whatever it might be. But like, how do you guys handle that? Yeah, that future yoke's pretty neat. It, it has, features that rigid panel that can be taken out and you use it to push down through. And there's there's videos. I think you guys have done them. I think actually Tim and I did one in this mm-hmm. room years ago. Um, but you can break that yoke free and adjust that thing for the for the length of your torso. And the goal is for when you put it on, even empty, to have zero gap in those straps. You'll see some of these guys where they put a pack on and the strap has this just giant, yeah. you know, rainbow thing going on. And that's that's a no-go. And that yoke needs to be compressed to make that strap perfectly contoured to that shoulder blade. How far down um, your back on the backside should it go? I mean, do you see what I'm saying? Like, mm-mm. so when you pull, when you adjust that yoke and you get your shoulder straps, I mean, where should your shoulder strap sit on your chest? You, it's more so the, um, I always tell people like reach over their opposite shoulder, feel your shoulder blade. Mm-hmm. And on the yoke, you can see there's a pretty prominent stitch where the, the shoulder straps meet that yoke, you know, Hot sort of tip. that one piece. I didn't yep. know that. Yep. And so you find that shoulder you know, your blade on the opposite side like that. When that seam sits on that, that's basically the right spot wasn't tracking all your questions I got you now. <clears throat> yeah. do, you, do you think improper pack fitting is a big thing like totally. people just throw a backpack on oh, yeah. and i think the Jack backpack's can. not right for them but they yep. just didn't actually size it correctly for their body yeah i think people go um they try to size it too much like their pant size and then they wear it a little too low mm-hmm. and so then they like so if you have too tall you're long of a torso it's like too much you know above that sweet spot and it's riding low the heavier, like to your point, if you put a lot of weight in it, no matter what, right? Gravity's gonna kick in, that whole thing will shift down. Now your waist belt is way low. Then as you're hiking, I don't know if you've done this before, like pretty soon, like your ass muscles are like worn out. Like mm. if you have a poorly fitted pack. Never had that happen. Never. <laughs> That's because you just over just, here, freaking bootylicious. I know, it's like. Did you say bootylicious? I did, I did say booty. He said bootylicious on the podcast. Write that down. Trails nickname in college. Yep. Yeah. That was it. That was it. Nailed it. You and Prairie Doug, biologist. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like you don't want that. If you you don't compact it enough, it's got nowhere to go. So everything's going to shift down. Mm-hmm. And the worst is when the waist belt gets too low. Mm-hmm. Um, if you flip it, the inverse, obviously, then your waist belt's way too high. It's like over your stomach. And then this might be in the right place, but this is way too tight. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's for sure that sweet spot where people you know get it right, get it wrong. And it's pretty evident um, when yeah. it's wrong because... And I mean, hell, I adjust my just, you know, like most of the weight on the shoulders, 50-50 on the waist belt throughout the day, um, especially if I'm going like side hill and up and down, stuff like that. I'll, you know, mess with it and just tighten up things as I go. And that is a really good tip to be able to adjust your pack during the day when you're Yeah, missions. like especially when the weight actually yeah, based knocks on something weight. down. Mm-hmm. So you guys are talking about two different things, right? The shoulder strap fitting and then the waist belt, yeah. waist belt fitting. Mm-hmm. Where do you start? Like what's the one you... Do you do your waist belt first and then you adjust the yoke accordingly? Mm-hmm. I you, usually do the waist belt like kind of on the points of the hip, find that spot, like use their sort of like whatever it is, a finger or two below your belly button, kind of to where the buckle will land. And then I just put where the padding will sort of sit on the points of the, your hips. And I get it pretty cinched down if it's an empty pack and then just put it on and like cinch everything down, like shoulder straps, sternum strap. And then if it's sitting way too high off the shoulder from there, I'll be, okay, take the pack off. Let's 
push that thing down one or two. But you do start with the waist belt. I usually that's do. What I, that's yeah. Every time I get a new pack, that's where I start. I think it's the best the waist belt. like point of contact to start with because I mean, it doesn't really deviate. You know, once you lock it in there, you can adjust and fine tune yeah, the exactly. torso from that. Yeah, I am doing all right. That's always yeah. good to be validated. See that? You know, Boom. there we go. I don't even work for a pack company. <laughs> you figured it out. You just wear packs a lot. That's cool. yeah. Mm-hmm. What are the questions you guys get about pack fitting? And oh, okay, here's one for you. Oh. I know that we get. Yeah. Uh, you're in between sizes. What's mm-hmm. your recommendation and why? Size down. Okay. A little bit. Yeah. If you're if you're in between sizes, err on the size down because especially with the waist belt. It's kind of like um, putting on too big a pair of pants, right? No matter, it's like, hey, I got a zippers up button, doesn't matter. But it's you still look too super big. cool right now. That's right, you do. That's right. On it's trend. On trend, yeah. And <laughs> so I always say, like, yeah, size down because it's easy to, on too big of a pack, when the weight gets heavy and you really got to cinch the waist belt down to bottom it out, and then you have no more you know, webbing to go. You can't tighten it anymore. And it's all up top, and the weight all up top's up there. Yep, and everything's up there. And even for guys that like are fairly long torso, but aren't like as big round as, you know, like Lorenzo, as far as size wise, the size of the, uh, the yoke itself, you know, we do change like the gap across the shoulder and the back of the neck is wider as the yoke gets bigger and the shoulder straps are longer. Really? Yep. So that you'll see people who like overdo it. Like they just pick the wrong size. They go, I'm a large and they, you know, fits the waist. Okay. Mm-hmm. They go to cinch it down. Those waist, uh, the shoulder straps go way too far down mm-hmm. the side of their body. Um, and it's not a very good carry that way. What was so. the proper way to do the chest strap? Um, so I, some guys are just like wrench it all the way super tight and yeah. it's really uncomfortable. So the guys just let it loose and flopping around. I, it's, I think it's like right in between. <laughs> I look at it's, it's, it's a little awkward. It's, hey, it's, you got it, flaunt it. That's right. right. Let, yeah. it, let it flop, you know. But uh, I would say in between. It's no different than the load lifters. Mm-hmm. Like some guys just wrench those things down and it's like they're, you know, it's just tight as a board and they're slapped on their back. I just like take the slack out of it, you know. And then as I, again, if the weight goes up, cinch it down a little bit more. Um, that's kind of my two cents. I think it's pretty sub, you know, subjective, but yeah, definitely utilize it because it's what helps you know, maintain the structure of the yoke. You should be able to feel it. If things are flopping around, something's wrong, right? Yeah. And then it yeah. just needs to incrementally adjust until things aren't flopping around. Fit. Yeah. You yep. know? But it's a safety thing too, right? And you know, you get on some steep shit, things moving around, especially any like, decent oh, yeah. amount of weight will throw you. Yeah. No yeah. bueno. Something mm-hmm. you said, you mentioned kind of the carry ratio between shoulder strap, your harness, and your, your hip belt. You said 50-50. Is that kind of what you aim for? Does mm-hmm. that move throughout the day? It moves throughout the day. I think mm-hmm. I start more like 60-40 waist belt to shoulder. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then as the weight gets heavier, I think I start to lean on the waist belt more than gotcha. the shoulder strap. But then like, you know, half mile in, I'll be like, well, this sucks. And then I like, you know, let it ride on my shoulders for a while. And then just, you know, back yeah. and forth, back let, and forth. Let big muscle groups, you know, constantly Get ride yeah. roller coaster. Yeah. 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 yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to ask you besides backpacks, which obviously you guys are a backpack company, but mm-hmm. you guys both hunt. I know that. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think the mess, the, like the, the next most important piece of gears in your kit, like as far as like a hunter, a new hunter, what, like what are the must haves? Clothing. And boots. The correct clothing. Boots, clothing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because <laughs> regardless of weather, right? I mean, if it's hot, you need, you know, you're not going to go out in Daisy Dukes in a tank top. Oh, well, you could. Right. Break that down. You could. Trail yeah. Trail does. That's your ultralight. Daisy Dukes. That's your old early season attire. Shorts. <laughs> shorts. Below the knee jorts. Well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd say, yeah, clothing and boots for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What, uh, you guys make a ton of accessories. 
What was going to ask you, like, what's your favorite accessory and why? Ooh. Like that you make, because you make a shit ton of them. You got That's everything from bear spray holsters and holsters. I'm the vinyl harness. I, I love our Yeah, we haven't harness. really talked much about it. I, I was that, actually looking through our YouTube channel and just, mm-hmm. like, different products from the shop that we've covered. And, I mean, we've got other vinyl harnesses from other companies, but we've never really talked about your guys' vinyl harness. And it came out, what, maybe a year ago? Was it a last year Two. launch? Two, yeah. Two. Has yeah. it been that long? I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. 20, beginning of 22. Yeah, I remember. What do you like about it? Uh, I mean, I, I like, I mean, honestly, I like the aesthetics thing. I think it looks damn good. But mm-hmm. from a functionality standpoint, having an inner pocket for my licenses where it's then closed by the flap, so that's out of the elements. Having the back pocket where I can either put my cell phone behind the case, which is easy access, if I don't want to have it in a pocket or somewhere else flopping around or in my pack, uh, I enjoy that. So having those two pockets that are behind the, the binocular. Love the top opening, obviously. We're not the only one doing that, but an extremely effective solution. Mm-hmm. And then having those those front pockets for diaphragm calls, if you are somebody using a diaphragm call, having that access versus having that thing in a pocket full of dirt is I think you got, you're the only ones doing that, right? I think you're the only ones doing that with mm-hmm. those little front diaphragm calls. It, I think, it, yeah, I'm not it sure. It makes a that, world of difference. That was the first thing I noticed when you guys' vinyl harness came out was, mm-hmm. was those little pockets because it is always a pain. I'm the guy that carries them around usually in my pocket. Yeah. And they, you know, half the time you pull it out and the reed's completely warped. And yeah, it's stuck yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. So I do like that. Um, yeah. Or sometimes I try to be the guy that like holds it in his mouth all day to look cool. Oh, okay. And then I just yeah, constantly gag yeah. and dry heave all day. I would not be a good girl. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. That would be terrible. We must be two hours in. <laughs> <laughs> Diaphragm call is enough to make me gag. Yeah. Yeah, that would uh, wreck the day. I can't do the really like pinch it over here all day yeah. talking. I'm like, I, I just put it cool. in your pocket. It's like, what the I feel like your mouth sometimes. just dries out from like mouth breathing doing that. Yeah, you know, yeah I, I just find myself trying and gagging. I'm like, all right, this is, this is stupid. Uh, yeah. Gagging. All right, back in the pocket. You've never That's had milk come into you gagging? Yeah. It's no. not a thing. <laughs> No, I think that Blanking. diaphragm call is really what sets it apart. You know, a wind checker pocket on the side, that's mm-hmm. pretty industry standard. Obviously, ours is effective, so is most other people's, right? But mm-hmm. uh, that diaphragm call makes it. Talk makes me through your difference. sizes on those, because I know the size. I get, we get questions about sizes. Yeah, the regular and yeah, the regular, large. Yeah, regular, large. The, isn't there, there's a 12, one of them was a 12 and Yeah, a 10. so 10X you know, denotes kind of the overall like size of the bino like a standard 10 by 12 okay. you know frame of uh, most popular you know bino mm-hmm. brands and then the 10x is obviously for the 12 by 50. um you can get a few i've seen some like 12 by 56s with the eye cups rolled down you can get in it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh gotcha. and then from there then you have the regular and large harnessing itself and the way we sort of it's kind of weird because it is, you know, it's like suspenders or something, right? How do you like measure what that can and can't, you know, accommodate? Um, we kind of frame it on what size of t-shirt do you typically wear? A little bit on the bigger side. Medium. A schmedium. So you're a regular. <laughs> you're you're <a> regular. <laughs> Sold. And, and so, yeah, if you're a schmedium, you'd be a regular. If you wear a large or extra large, go with the XL. Trell uh, loves to post videos of him shooting his bow, yeah. where when he's when he's at full draw, mm-hmm. his, his belly button and waistline just show oh. just show perfectly. You know, he's yep. just he's got it cut perfect. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I cut I cut the shirt just perfect. <laughs> like okay. back in the eighties, you know. Yeah. What were those sunglasses called? You remember those? The Vipers. Yeah, oh, you rock those. Pit Vipers. Pit Vipers. Pit Vipers and a half and a shirt cut, and a cut off half shirt. Yep, that's the, that's the vibe. This guy from Utah. <laughs> <laughs> I know my oldest kid walked through the living room last night with some Pit Vipers on, and I was like, "What in the hell is on your face? <laughs> what are those?" <laughs> What? Don't you have like, a book to read? Are, yeah, Get out of here. Cool. They probably love it. I hope they never listen to these. If they don't, I'm sure they don't. I mean, what kid would listen to, uh, to, to their dad? Anyway. <laughs> what about you? Accessory? What? 
Oh. Um, you got one that you like? Love the Bind Harness. Yeah, mm-hmm. I use that a lot. Um, I mean, it's super simple, but like for day-to-day stuff, all the like Zoid bags and mm-hmm. cubes and um, mission controls and stuff like that just keep crap organized. <clears throat> I mean, I've got everything from first aid kits to dop kits to you know cables, et cetera, traveling for work. It's all in that stuff. I've got mm-hmm. way too many of those damn things. Yeah. Makes yeah. a difference though. It makes just a difference. You got a headache. You know keep, where Excedrin is. Keep like, shit organized. You, 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 need, know? you know, you need not be pen. It's right there. It's not. <laughs> or sour patch kit. So yeah. In, in, in rock ter- the sour patch. Kits. In terms of organization, when you bring it up, like, how do you guys approach organization as far as packs? Because you have the Metcalf, which is just basically a mm-hmm. tube. Yep. I mean, it's a it's a main bag with a top lid, which is split. Yep. And how do you guys address organization for that versus something like another pack? If somebody really is organized they they like to, a pocket oh, for everything yeah. yeah it's it's an easy conversation i think our product development team's done a good job in the line of providing those those sack type bags that are open in the middle that allow you to either shove everything in like brady likes like i i just shove everything and i know where i shoved it i know where it is great cool if, if there's a void fill it right brady exactly yeah. fill those air pockets there you go but like in a pintler for That's instance right. where it has two He's very small ladies. internals <laughs> <laughs> hashtag so, uh, fill the void <laughs> You want me to keep going? Cut it in. Tinsert and red. Just give a little pause. I didn't know I was supposed to say that. Good. <laughs> like on the pit layer where you have those two you know, kind of wing pockets on the sides, which are real nice for something small. But the inside of the bag has very minimal pocketry. You can use Zoid cubes if you want, if you want to create pocketry or have a bag full of, you know, a puffy and gloves and a hat, and that's in the bottom, and that's fine. Or if a guy's like, hey, I like to have a place for everything. I need that organization. We have the Sawtooth Beartooth series that have – quite a few internal pockets that allow for that, you know, production. Mm-hmm. And organization. the Pantler's got piles and piles, like you said. Pantler. Yeah. What are you guys' thoughts on waist belt accessories? Is there any, like, science out there that's, like, you don't want to have a lot of extra weight on your waist belt? Or is, like, is it totally fine because it's near your body? Mm-hmm. Like, I think obviously, you, like, you can put things inside your pack, but yeah. I know a lot of guys like to put things on their waist belt. Is there any, like, cons to put anything in your waist belt? Like, for Other than, like, if you just people go nuts and it turns into, like, the bat belt, you know, and yeah. then it's just, like, stuff jangling yeah. off there everywhere. I mean, for me, it's, like, either bear spray and, like, a pocket just because I want to have access. I, like, always put my headlamp. It always goes right there <laughs> because I don't want it in my lid because I'll, I'll invariably... It's dark. I'm like hiking along. I'm like, God dang, I forgot to grab my headlamp. Yeah, you and take your backpack take off. Your back off. You know, it's like first world problem, but it's like, I just want it at my fingertips. So I always know what's in that side pocket, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you look like on the climbing side of things, right? Wearing harnesses, people, you know, you go up on big walls and big, bigger routes. I mean, they'll 10, 15 pounds of stuff, right? Cams and carabiners and mm-hmm. runners and stuff. Everything's jangling off a harness. Um, so different uses for sure but i think um some people don't you know hate it they don't like anything on their you know waist belt but yeah. for me it's like just a couple essentials on a pocket sometimes a bear spray holster um you know or pistol or something like that but that's it for me mm-hmm. yeah i'm a minimalist guy again who doesn't do anything on my waist belt like you, no pockets anything there <laughs> nothing nothing but nothing. i do like the idea of the uh, the headlamp thing mm-hmm. though that's something that, like I said, you need a headlamp and you yep. don't have it. You have to dig it out of your top of your backpack and now it's buried somewhere else. Totally. And so that's the only thing I'm thinking about maybe switching to that just to throw a headlamp in there, maybe that's a nice. snack or something like I that. I do a fixed blade knife too. Mm. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's a good one. Rambo. Yeah. That one's. Casey has to shank somebody. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have this fear of getting caught up, just hung up, and I need to cut myself out. That's a good. I don't point. know if it's because the military put us in helicopters and threw us in a pool, but I'm just like, I have to be able to reach a knife and I have to be able to cut myself out. I don't mm-hmm. care. Yeah. 
That's a good call. I'm convinced I'm going to be underwater in an antelope hunt. I don't know what the problem is. Fell into that stock tank again. Straight sucker. You might pass out. You might. You might get hit in the balls. That's a good point. What if you had to cut yourself out of that out of that blind? Yeah, that's true. There's a there's a how-to video right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm good. I got. I was. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that song. What is it? I've said too much. That's me in the corners. That's an REM song. <laughs> I think at this point I said too much. But we appreciate you guys being good sports and jumping on. And oh yeah, the good relationship that we've had with Mystery, Mystery Ranch. Yeah, well, thanks for having us. This has been awesome. until today, but yeah, yeah, oh. until today. But we're working <laughs> through that. It's a little Kent, bit. Lorenzo of and I are it wasn't gonna. That bad. I got a counseling <laughs> session set up. Come on, we've had worse. Yeah, we. Uh, I yeah. That's why it's a good relationship. Though. Yeah. You know, it's it transparent. It goes back and forth. And it's Fight Club good. next, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, a lot of great ideas we thought of. So, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Solving problems. Hell yeah. All right. Anyways, appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Had a lot of fun. Thanks, gentlemen. Promo cut. Yeah, promo us real quick. Here's promo us to, to take us out. Big B Mills. I'll, I'll let you guys know. Okay. Yeah. So, we're coming out of application season. So, hopefully, you guys use some Go Hunt Draw Odds, filtering 2.0, got a bunch of tags in your pocket. I know uh, we have quite a few tags at the Gohan office. Yes, we do. Quite a few. We just got some Colorado results trickling back a little bit. So, but now it's time to make the switch to, uh, you know, map season. So now's the time when you have to start doing your research for all the tags you draw. So we want to give you guys a little kickback. So use promo code podcast on our Explorer membership. You will get 20 points back, which is $20 to use in the going gear shop to buy Mr. Ranch products. Ooh. Yeah. Like that little plug. I like that. That was good. It was well done. Yeah, and the still, eye contact in the middle of it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. It was lingering. Very yeah. intimate. <laughs> so, so we, we yeah. yeah. Very intimate. Yeah. And listen, we've, we've said it before and we'll say it again too. There's no better time to buy gear. Cause if you're buying gear in August, <laughs> you're not going to shoot anything. You're wrong. You're, you're, you're wrong. wrong. It's not going well for you. No. <laughs> like, that's, just, that's just genuine, uh, advice and feedback mm -hmm. i mean now's the time to get your gear get it figured out get it fitted figure out if you like it um figure out what you want to add to it or take away from it however you want to customize it for yourself now is the time to be buying gear i mean yep. you got your tags for the most part what do we have still coming out wyoming um, deadline's deadline for wyoming is today this will sadly be out before you guys are aware of that so hopefully <laughs> hopefully we've done our jobs on the other part of go Hunt insider and let you let you know that but yeah now's the time i mean if you're buying gear in august you're uh, pretty well fucked so yep. <laughs> get, get that get that ex and with that and with that <laughs> genuine advice there mm -hmm. get that explorer membership start doing your research and if you still want insider we still have a lot of great opportunities left we have yeah for sure all these turn back tags uh leftover opportunities there's still otc stuff coming up so there's a lot of time to do research on insider right now and with insider you get go hunt maps at the same time so using that promo code podcast will get you 50 bucks back to the going gear shop so Hopefully you guys have a pile of tags and East Gunning season's coming up. I'm looking forward to that. Getting boots on the ground as well. I got a lot of tags I gotta research for. Cool. Really exciting times. Well thanks guys, we appreciate it. All right. Let's thanks go. for being good sports. Ice bath. <laughs> <There we go. laughs>